Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. I'm Chase Rolson with Rubline Marketing. This is Jeff Lindsay. This is Michael Pitt. Hey everybody, it's John Dudley from Knock On TV. Hey guys, this is Jared Scheffler from Whitetail Adrenaline. Hi, I'm Taylor Drury from Drury Outdoors. Hey, this is Nick Munt from Bone Collector. Hey, this is Melissa Buckman. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter Podcast. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. Working Class Bow Hunter. You're listening to the Working Class Bow Hunter. That's right. This is the podcast for Billy Joe Lunchbucket, the working man, just like me and you. My name's Travis T. Bone Turner from the Bone Collector. Thank you for tuning in. Nobody pushes the envelope like Working Class Bow Hunter. Hey, this is Jules McQueen, and you are listening to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It's really, really not that good. Good, 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 Welcome to the Working Class Bowhunter Podcast. It is episode 407. Golly, Oof. chipping away. We have a, I thought we were going to have a full studio of people and it turned out <laughs> we have quite the opposite. Uh, myself here, Kurt Geyer, Doug Schmidt, and then Austin Chandler, the Lord. Uh, welcome to the church of the Chandler. <laughs> you like, <laughs> do you like that comment today? I like that. <laughs> so we'll get into that a little bit. Uh, Eric is, working. I don't know, he's working late. Yeah. Golly, look at him. Working class. Working class. Keeping, keeping the name alive. Um, and then Ross was supposed to come along for this, but right now there's another windstorm coming through the Midwest and Ross is an electrician by trade and owns his own business and powers out. He's running around working class. That's right. So we're just, Once again, we're just lazy. All of us <laughs> or efficient. I don't know. Or just yeah. get a career that like doesn't tank. 
you know, go down the shitter when the power goes out. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did. Hey, preach, brother. Hell, I would. Hell, I would. <laughs> uh, so thank you for being here on the podcast. Um, if you want to support us, we have a Patreon. We have three members, a one, a five, and a $10. Um, you get different stuff for it. If you're that interested, you can check them out. Um, links in the description. Also, workingclassbowhunter.com on our store. We have hoodies and new hats, and we have new beanies, new hats, and decals, and some new things on the way. Uh, and, oh, a new shirt. We have a new shirt design coming. A new shirt. It's pretty sick. I'm hoping it's out before Thanksgiving because it's fitting. Oh, yeah. Oh, it is, yeah. That's a good point. Holla, holla. Holla, holla. Holla, holla. Let me holla, holla at you. Holla, let me holla at you. Revert back to the <laughs> Turkey Palooza episodes, and you might be able to catch up on what we're talking about. But that... uh. Those shirt designs, I'm really excited about. I think people are going to like them. Either you're not going to understand it, but if you listen, you'll you'll be like, ah, I get it. Yep. I get it. I uh, think most people will get it, hopefully. Yeah, I think so, for sure. Um, let's do – oh, man, I, you want me to pick an unpopular opinion on the fly? Yeah, throw it ass. Okay. Do it. I gotta, I'm going to – we'll do the ads and stuff, and then uh, I'll pull up an unpopular opinion. Jeez, what's gotten into me? I forgot. I was trying to do those more often, you know? Uh, the podcast is presented by HHA Sports. We talk about them all the time. Single pin nation, leader in single pin sites in our opinion. And now drop away rest. They offer a lifetime warranty. Um, made in Wisconsin, all sourced from Midwestern materials. Good company. Uh, we love it. If you spend the money on an HHA site and rest and something happens to your bow, they cover it. Yeah. Like If you run your site over, you're good. And that's good to have. You drop it out of a tree stand and something snaps off. Like you don't have to worry about it. So buy good accessories. And if you're a bow nerd and you get a new bow every year, every couple of years, or you just want accessories that are essentially timeless, you don't have to buy another site and another rest and all yeah. that. Transfer the good stuff onto your next bow. It's it's a good move. It is a good move. It's kind of an investment. Um, Scent Crusher is also a partner of ours, helping us out. Especially, uh, I'm going to be road tripping. That come in this weekend right into hanging a stand. Oh, yeah. So Scent Crusher on every level is going to be working oh, yeah. overtime. Scent Crusher is going to be working overtime this weekend. Yep, that's right. Um, Loophold Optics, we're all rocking 10 by 42 Loopholds. Um, Thermoseat, uh, if you go to Thermoseat and you want to get some of their other products, code WCTS is the code there. Or if you go to workingclassbowhunter.com, we have our own working class Thermoseats. We're sitting on them in studio. It's kind of nice, a little upgrade. They, they are, are nice. nice. I like those. Uh, Victory Archery. Gator Outdoors, Elite Archery, Big Time. Uh, Big Time is title sponsoring our bow shoot, which is June 12th. Mark your calendars in Ryle, Illinois, near Galesburg. And we have an after party at Jiggs's Tavern in Alexis, Illinois. That's official now. It's going to be epic. So it, it, you can we can go shoot. We don't get to talk to you there. We're going to try and figure out a bush light special. And I think old Brian Johnson, our buddy from Team Working Class, is he's a good cook. He's talking about cooking up Oof. some barbecue for everybody. Oh, nice. So going to be a blast. We're going to have a small town get down oh, and yeah. uh, shooting bows. It's going to be a good, good time. So you're going to do a two-day event this year? Is it going to be one? <laughs> one day. One day. One day, shoot all day, hang out all night. Perfect. If you want. Yep. Or not. Or don't. You do what you want, but, but Big Time is be a good time. sponsoring that. I'm sure Big Time will be giving away some of their new food plot blends. Um, a lot coming in the future from Big Time. Super exciting. Um, if you go to Big Time's website, code WCB2020, um, until the end of the year, obviously. Um, we should make a new code for greener past years for 21. Gee whiz. Yeah. What a year. Um, old Barn Taxidermy. I'm officially an Old Barn Taxidermy outpost. Um, Big pop. Again, that Chandler just dropped his buck off here at the old 
working class outpost. The outpost. And uh, no, it's cool, man. We love Old Barn Taxidermy. Um, my both of my deer are there. My dad's bucks there. Your mom's buck is there. My mom's bucks there. Um, I mean, heck, and they're doing processing now. By the way, have some of their deer sticks here, like their jalapeno cheese. It's impressive. Man, my stomach's kind of grumbling. We might need to hit that up. It it's impressive. It, honestly, I didn't doubt them because everything like Sam does, it's done really yeah. well. But that's like a company that continues to impress me. Like you know what I mean? They do one thing, like, oh yeah, yeah, that's cool, that's cool. And then you go in, you see like what they're doing, and Sam will tell you about something. Oh, wait till you see this. This is coming down the line. I'm like, damn, dude, you just. He's a guy that keeps like evolving. Yeah. Yep. Always working. Always thinking outside the box. It's inspiring, actually. He's a cool dude to be around. And like you'll tell him something, he'll be like, Okay, okay. And you're like, did you get that? Are you good? He's like, Yeah, I got it. I know. And he just like yeah. he knows. He's got it. Yeah. You don't have to tell him three times, even though I do. He's like, No, I'm good. Yeah, we got you. No, I got it, man. <laughs> I'm good to go. Yeah, that's it. We're done here. All right, Sam. <laughs> incredible dude. Uh incredible business. But yeah, highly recommended. Uh, also, we're doing that pot for the working class listeners. Take a deer there, say you're in the working class family, mm-hmm. and they'll throw you in the drawing to win a free amount for next year. So cool. Thank you to all our partners. Appreciate the hell out of all you guys. You got a veteran shout out, Don? I do. All right, I'm going to pull up that uh, that deal while you're rocking that. So since it's the Marines' birthday, happy birthday to all the Marines. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, boys. I'm going to shout out uh, my cousin, Josh Bajowski. He is a... Uh, he ended up being he retired as a sergeant, and uh, he served from 2004 to 2012. Served in Iraq during Operation Steel Curtain from October 2005 to December, and he's uh, been in the family for quite a while now. He's from Michigan, so he's finally uh, knows what big bucks look like here <laughs> in Iowa. Yep, he's done bitching. He shot a pretty nice one this year. So, <laughs> oh really? Yep. Heck yeah, man! Nice. Congrats. So thank you for your service, Josh. Thank you, sir, and everyone else. Cheers. Thanks, guys. Cheers. And happy birthday. Yinglings and Bushlight in the studio right now. Thanks for your service, fellas. Um, So here's one from Billy Hoffman. Casey's Pizza is actually shit, and so is Bushlight. Hey, Billy, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yeah, fuck um, you and your mom. On to the next one. That's not even an unpopular opinion. That's a wrong opinion. That's just a dumbass statement. I'm just kidding. What's up, Billy? Uh, but fuck you. Um, moving on. <laughs> um. There's some funny ones in here. Lots of actually popular opinions in here. Someone said, um, why some taxidermists only do paper mache. Like some of these aren't even worth going in, but they're great. (laughs) Um, do do you want me to just pick one and throw one out at you guys? That's fine. Um, There's some funny ones in here. Some are like, it's like, I don't even know how to tackle them. This is a cool one. Bailey Clark asked, uh, by the way, thank you for your support, sir. He's in all our comments and everything, so we appreciate it. This is kind of neat. This is not an unpopular opinion. I haven't caught up since my comment earlier, but this is the most civil post on Facebook I've seen today. At least there's no arguing or fighting. That's kind of a good point. This is in our working class bow hunters group. Like People are just throwing in unpopular opinions. So if you want to throw these in, Go to our group and search Unpopular Opinion and find this post. There's like 350-some comments in it. That's what I'm pulling from. Uh, There's a lot of comments. There's some funny ones in here. Okay, I need to hurry up and pick one because I'm just sitting here reading. (laughs) Um, Some of these are – I mean, I don't know. I don't want to pick a boring one that's just going to be two seconds, you know? Um, (laughs) Okay. 
this is funny. This is super fitting. This is 12 weeks ago, and this is super fitting to a post I made on Facebook the other day. Jason Atherton, eating snacks in a tree stand is a sign of weakness. (laughs) (laughs) I'll pick that. Um, We'll just go because we'll cover this quickly. Do I think it's a sign of weakness? I think it's a sign that you're not really in it for the game. I feel like if if you are eating snacks in the tree stand, you planned out on eating snacks. You didn't plan on killing a buck and get out of there early. You didn't have a game plan. You're going on luck. That's my that's interesting. My, that's my bold statement. It's probably fucking wrong. I don't uh, that was a very bold statement because I, I disagree. I mean, sometimes you know, you know, midday movement and stuff. You got to be in there all day. Um, I'm definitely bringing snacks. At least a Mountain Dew, PB and J, probably. I mean, I like I'll bring a lunch. Yeah, but like I'm, it's a business. I'm going yeah, in like I, I get what you're saying. I'm not sitting there eating Snickers bars. Oh and yeah, fucking no, I'm chips. not like I don't have a buffet in my backpack. Yeah, the meal is different. Yeah, you getting it to hold you over for the next five hours. Yeah. You're not up there popping M and M's in your suck hole the whole day. <laughs> that's that's where my that's this is where this separates for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. When I look at snacks, I'm looking at foods that I don't really enjoy. They are easy to eat. They're quick. They have a lot of calories in them. So it's more like a job. Like I'm getting this out of the way to keep my gut from rolling for the next four hours. Plus, I pack multiple ones in case I do see that shooter and I can stay in the stand all day. Yeah. Um, Just like Doug said, if you you happen to get in a spot and the movement's hot and you don't want to leave, you got your backup plan with you. Yeah. Um, My brother's actually got a pretty good technique. He brings those little. They're like they're not slim fast, but they're like a shake that you can drink. They got a lot of calories in them. Oh yeah. You're not crinkling wrappers and shit. You slam it down and you're good for hours. That's a smart move. See, yeah, that's actually pretty efficiency, good purpose. It's not. It's not enjoyable. You don't want to ha- be having fun snacking in the stand. You want to get your shit done, yeah. get your calories in, and get it out of the way and be quiet. Yeah, like I, in my backpack, zipped open on my backpack hook. I'm not reaching in, grabbing like greasy Lay's potato Crackers. chips. And yeah, I'm not bringing. I'm you ever see that crackers. Family Guy episode when he's trying to be real quiet with the <laughs> potato chip bag, and he's like, <laughs> <laughs> "I have not." That's but, what I feel like when I'm eating in the deer stand. Is that a fair, like, separation, though, and, like, my point? Yeah. Like, snacks, like, the meal, I get it. Just like uh, I learned from my buddies from Bucks Run, butthole sandwich. It's a bagel, peanut butter, bacon, and syrup. And it's good. It's really good. But it's meant to just eat on the fly. You have it in a Ziploc bag, and you keep going. Literally fill you up. Yep. Get you ready to go. What, just, what do you call it? Butthole sandwich. <laughs> it's just a filler. You're moving along. Last like, year, I did... Um I just bought like the package of pop tarts. Yeah, and just threw it in my backpack, so I just have that's what I would eat every day. Yeah, you got the foil. Yeah, but I just eat it during lunch. I've been on these yeah. coconut butter Stuff it down bars, and they're noisy. They have the wrapper, but I pack like three of those. They're over two hundred calories a piece. Mm. Slam like two or three of those. They're delicious. They're good. Huh? Not like uh, Allison, all fancy with her. Little mug of uh, what the hot pockets and stuff. Oh, dang. Yeah, that's a woman that's doubting her, doubting her abilities to kill something. <laughs> <laughs> You go in there. You're putting you're putting food in a Yeti cup. Yeah. Like, what are you packing that out? Of? Like, what are you what are you doing? Are you there for that long? She's eating better than I am. But well, you get, bring a jet boil and just fucking make soup while you're up there. <laughs> bring a for, uh, George Foreman grill. Oh, you got a Mister Coffee up there? Well, you can't stay awake, you pussy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't believe that. <laughs> Let me holla at you. I don't believe in anything I just said. I just think it's funny to like. I, 
here's the thing that people I think miss with me sometimes in the podcast. I get in some of these like fiery moods, yeah. and I say shit I clearly don't believe in. We're just having fun, and yeah. and but people will take me serious. Like I will go to the grave with that. Like, goddamn, and I'm like, listen, I don't. You want to eat spaghetti? I think that's hilarious. Like eat them in the stand. That's funny, but I'm gonna give you a little shit. That's part of yeah. the fun, you know. But now I have people like we did that Trump post. All I asked was. If a hunting media company was anti-Trump, would you still support them? By the way, we're not anti-Trump. I voted for Trump. I'm very pro-Trump. Mm-hmm. Like, but I don't give a fuck if you who you voted for. Um, nor do I care about talking about it. But I had somebody write in like, why would you, if you're not anti-Trump, why would you even post that? I'm like, okay, see, this is where it all fucking spirals downhill, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, I just had to clarify that for anybody wondering or boycotting us for anything. Um, take a breath. Yeah, take a breath. It's okay. It's all right. Meteor's still on Netflix. I got you. Um, all right. Moving on to the podcast. So that was fun, boys. Kind of a lame one, huh? But it was, all right. it, was, it was good. Eating stacks in a tree stand is a sign of weakness. Fucking hilarious. <laughs> sign of weakness. <laughs> um, so what's up with uh, catching up to our season? The time of recording, this is November 10th. November 10th. I've been sitting on my thumbs. I'm going to Indiana here in a few days. Mm-hmm. Um, going to scout a little bit. Try and make some moves. Um, what's up with you, Doug? I will be hitting it hard the next five days. Probably all day sits. Maybe move around, get down, and go somewhere else. But I'll be in the tree from sun up to sundown. Yeah, big cold front coming in right now. Uh, tomorrow's going to be good. Well, tomorrow through Friday, really. Is I think tomorrow is going to mark the best, the start of the best week I, of this. I season. really hope so. But yeah. mm-hmm. I think so too. I agree. Yeah, I think Thursday, Friday. I think Friday, a ton of deer are going to die just because there be more people out. Yeah. But, yeah, this weekend, I agree. I think we'll be really, really, really good. Um, and that, time. You know, after I like hunting after rain. One, I like going in when it's raining because mm-hmm. you feel like yeah. ultimate stealth, mm-hmm. you know. But, like, once the rain starts to trickle down, don't it feel – you just like – Well, the timber comes alive. They start – they just start mm-hmm. getting up and, yeah. Mm-hmm. You start you making Play-Doh snakes good. just waiting for that <laughs> rain to stop. <laughs> you just like, man. yeah, let's, let's get moving here. Yeah, I like I like it right when the rain quits. But if I can stay kind of dry, if like my tree has sort of a canopy, I don't mind sitting in the rain. But once you start getting chilled to the bone, then yeah, you got to make a move. Or that's true. I mean, depends. You know, if you're hunting in the afternoon, you know, you got an hour and a half till dark, and you can stick it out. I'd definitely do it if you're there. It's definitely you know. not fun drying your clothes off though. Mm-mm, no, no. that walk back of not successful and just wet. <laughs> you still got your spaghettios. So it's fine. <laughs> my yeti cup. <laughs> Allison's going to listen to this and be like, fuck you guys. Oh, yeah, she's going to hate on us hard. <laughs> That's all right. I mean, you did it, you know? So yeah, um, She'll get it. So, you, so who's on the radar still? Lucifer from the previous episode? I got Lucifer, and then I got a new I got a new property that I'm hunting. It's about a 170-inch, maybe 180, 10-pointer. Oh, damn. Yeah, I um, actually went there Friday to scout it, parked my truck, 60 yards was a little finger, walked past it, tried to find a spot, found a spot, put my stand up. Walking back to the truck, right by that 60-acre patch, there was just a little buck came out, and I was looking at him, and then I seen a doe about 40 yards get up, and I just seen a rack uh. just get up. And if I had my bow, I, I maybe could have shot him, but he was he was not, he was a nice buck. Yeah, he's a giant. Mm. And he didn't give a shit. He was just grunting and chased her off. So. Gotta love the rut. That's hopefully he, hopefully he breaks free and starts searching around this week. Yep. Or just chases that doe right by That's, you. I mean, that'd be, that works, too. Hopefully well, she just comes by. So we can to do it, man. Um, I don't know where our predictions were. We need to check this real quick um, before I think we you do said that. Friday for me. You said Sunday for Eric. Yeah, who was the closest on mine? 
Who's gonna who's did, gonna did we lose? Not write those down? I think we we that was um Oh yeah, I did. Here, hold on. Oh yeah, here. <laughs> the Lord. Let me check my notes. The Lord. Um <laughs> I said eleven thirteen by eleven AM and Doug said eleven twenty one by four PM. <laughs> oh, man. Ooh, Kurt's got him. Wow. Early counts, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of a broad window. I said Ross by what day is today? The tenth. I said Ross the thirteenth by four. You said the eleventh by eight a.m. You were, you failed. Tomorrow's the eleventh. Yeah, if he is the eleventh. He kills tomorrow morning. You're right on. Right. I'm th- I'm thinking ahead. Come on, Ross. Ooh. He's, he's probably gonna, he's probably gonna be not. He's probably he's gonna be up working all night and he's not gonna be able to hunt in the morning. It. Yeah. Mm. That's unfair. Got this mustache now. That's just god damn it. All right. Well, anyway, I'm on slowly losing. So, but dude, Chandler, man, how's your season been going with oh, the trad life? Doing a lot better now. Yes, <laughs> if you'd asked me about ten days ago, I'd have, I'd have probably said, oh, I don't want, I don't want to really talk about it. But <laughs> isn't it funny how things change? It it didn't take long. I shot that doe. Um, finally, got to. We didn't really talk about the doe at all. No, we haven't. Uh, I guess well, we could. Well, let's back could up a little there. bit. Yeah, I should call see if Shad can call in for a second um, at the end of this, but. Um, I could just start at the beginning of my season, I guess, and kind of just give a general buildup of why I'm doing what I'm doing. Yeah, because I think if people who listen might know, but if someone just jumps on this, they see a deer with a recurve, they might, I don't know, just give some background, you know, that explains it all. Um, Yeah. Because you're doing something different than what we normally do. Yeah. I've uh, I've targeted mature deer my whole life. I was fortunate enough when I was 15 years old, I, I shot a giant deer, grossed 170. Um, and after shooting that, I was like, well, this is what I want to do. I'm not, you know, I don't want to shoot young deer. So through the years, that's been, that's been my uh, direction. I've always targeted mature high scoring animals. Um, I hunt a lot, so I can be pretty picky. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you get two tags in Illinois. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking at that 150 plus mark. Um, so that's been the direction I've went, um, this past year, um, I don't know why I finally, I think Shad had a lot to do with it. Just his passion for traditional archery kind of inspired mm-hmm. me to, to yeah. go out and purchase a longbow and start practicing in the backyard. Um, and after I did it, I just fell in love with it. And I, I knew then that I was going to try to hunt with it. Uh, I didn't know how dedicated I was going to be at the time. Um, practiced for several months. It was actually right about after the shoot, right after I talked with Shad that I, I went ahead and purchased it, it's, a stalker stick bow it's actually a long bow but the limbs kind of have a little bit of a recurve look to them mm-hmm. i don't really like the look of a typical long bow but this looks more like a recurve yeah but you don't get the you don't get the string slap on it it's a lot more quiet it's just a really nice shooting quiet smooth bow string um, slap on like the limbs yeah so with a recurve you get a little bit of hand shock and a little bit of string slap it's just a little noisier mm-hmm. um i'm really in love with this bow that i've got but what made you pick this particular bow it was it was cheap and i knew stalkers were nice and oh, I, really? I was i was looking for a recurve but i'm like well this kind of looks like a recurve you know it doesn't have that typical long bow look yeah yeah yeah. So so I purchased it used from a guy on Facebook and uh put it together and started shooting it and I was just instantly like man this is a this is a nice shooting little bow. But yeah. It's sure. a it's a Stalker Jackal FXT. You can get online and look them up. They're beautiful bows. Um 62 inch tip to tip. Um Got it all tuned. What's in. the axle to axle though? The axle to axle, sixty-two. Oh, the axle. Okay, <laughs> right. What's the cams? Yeah, where's the wheels? Wheels yeah, are where's for the wheels? Cars. <laughs> wheels are for cars. 
<laughs> so I get this thing, and I'm, you know, I'm practicing all summer. Uh, ten, 10 yards, you know, I'm comfortable at 10 yards. 15 yards is okay. You know, mm-hmm. get back to 20. 20 is kind of pushing my limits. I'm, I'm kind of getting outside the pie plate range uh, more than half the time. So The what? The pie plate range. So I use oh, like pie a pie plate, plate as a judge. Yeah. Like no. if I can keep it within a pie plate, I feel pretty good with that. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but this bow is only 43 pounds at 28 inches. So it's not a, you know, it's not really designed to shoot, you know, 50 yards. It's, it's, it's a, a lower speed. poundage yeah. bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty confident with it by the time season comes in. Like I think, you know, it, I knew it was probably going to take several opportunities before I could capitalize and shoot something. Mm-hmm. Um, started out the season, you know, I, I didn't really feel like I was at a disadvantage as far as like setting up and getting close to the deer. I mean, most of the deer that I've killed with a compound are within 25 yards, like yeah. 80% of them are less than 25 yards. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like that was going to be my disadvantage. Just my, my ability to group tight enough to put a good shot on a deer was my biggest right. fear, especially like being elevated and all that. And know? that, and that was one of my weaknesses. I, I practiced a lot flat footed in the backyard. Yep. Um, Harvest came on, caught up a lot faster to me than I thought, and I didn't. I didn't have a lot of experience shooting from an elevated position, mm-hmm. and that makes me shoot. My natural point of aim, it just makes me hit a lot higher than where I think it's going to. Yeah, yeah. And I've struggled with that. I've shot. Uh, I think I've shot seven or eight arrows this season at deer, and all but one of them have went high. Mm-hmm. So it's it, it's tough for me to get down and drop down low enough. But I can I can see just from what little experience I have shooting in the yard, I can definitely see once you're up high aiming down. I I feel like I would do the same thing on how yeah, I am too. I can mess with my mental game. Yep, it's it's tough instinctively. You know, it it just feels like the arrow is going to go lower than what it actually does. Mm-hmm. But um, that's that's something that I've changed up here in the last few weeks. I've kind of I've kind of went from an instinctive style of shooting more to what they call it's like a split vision. So mm-hmm. you're using you're using the bow and the riser as kind of a reference on where you should place it and aim with, and then in combining that with instinctive. Gotcha. So it's kind of like a hybrid type of aiming. Oh, really? Um, Interesting. So, th- so that's kind of what I've switched up to, and I've noticed a lot more consistency, especially on at 15 and 20 yards. My groups are a lot better. So Nice. Okay, that's interesting because I don't know anything when it comes to like getting to that detail. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Because what I do – I, I feel like every time I shoot a traditional bow, I don't know how to feel or how to aim. Yep. So I do like the fully extinct instinctive, yep. and then I do a little bit of what you're talking about, but I didn't know it was called that. I didn't really know that was like a legit there, method. There's literally like six or eight different types of aiming styles, um, and it's cool to read up on them and read like how – I mean, there's some pretty crazy stuff out there that guys are doing the fixed crawl and, uh, yeah, a whole other podcast there just on – and just on traditional styles of shooting but yeah uh, but this is the style that i'm using basically it's instinctive but it's kind of using the the riser of the bow as a reference kind of uh, as your for, pen, for yardage guess. yeah gotcha yep so um i've adapted that the last few days and that's the that's the the uh, method that i used on the doe and the buck and it and it did seem to help so awesome yeah well, cool so building up i had faith in you the whole time i will say i mean i knew it was going to be a struggle a little bit uh, that's probably why the, some of the nicknames are a struggle stick for some of them. It is definitely a struggle. <laughs> um, but let me like let me give you some credit because you're a very calculated whitetail killer, and I think everyone that's familiar with our show knows this. Yeah, and yeah, and, like it's a thing. But if in case this is someone's first episode, um, because it's tr- a traditional ish podcast. I mean, we're not that we're experts on it or anything like that, but 
We're talking about it. No, I'm a, I'm a novice at best. I mean, I, I've been doing this three months. Like, I know absolutely nothing about it. I'm, yeah. I, I bought a book and I've read, and that's where most of my knowledge has come from. Like, it's, So you're doing it, though. That's a way to learn at it. You it's know? all theoretical. Nothing is really field learned yet. So um, yeah. But I'm having a blast, and that's the only way to learn is to get the bow in your hand and get out there in the timber and just start using it. Um, mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. For sure. But, I mean, you've killed a, a lot of big deer. You've killed almost every kind of deer you know what i mean from double drops to big typicals to bucks with junk and trash all over them and you've you've kind of got you're very well rounded in the whitetail world yeah. so is that part of like the allure to this like you were like yeah i mean it's something new i yeah, haven't done it yeah i i've always had the desire to do it i actually uh wounded a doe when i was in high school with the recurve and uh, it's just always been something that i've been really captivated by and interested yeah. in um, I don't know what it is, just something really pure about the whole traditional thing. And I'm the same way. Like if I want to, I've always wanted to learn how to fly fish. I look at fly fishing as like the traditional side of fishing. I mean, yeah, yeah. There's just something that's very romantic and, mm-hmm. uh, it was just really interesting to me. Yeah. And then you meet up with somebody like Shad and they're so passionate about it. It just kind of ignites that fire up yeah. again. That dude is like so passionate about traditional archery. It's yep. cool. Yep. It's actually uh, interesting just to hear him talk like... Yeah, you, just tell you want to sit down and listen, even if, the, the shoot, like, like, if you don't shoot traditional, you just want to sit down and listen to him talk. He's just yeah. an interesting guy, and then well, if he sees your interest, he's like, "Hey, yeah, very we'll well, shoot very well yeah. educated in the traditional game." And I like Shad a lot. Like, uh, so we met Shad through Joe Elmfries from Big Time, and Shad's kind of like he kind of has my style, but just a little older dude, you know, like gauges yeah. and tattoos. He's and a like, rocker. He's a rocker. Yeah, actually. His band is fucking awesome. Dude, his band is fucking awesome. Um, and we'll put links in the description. But uh, where was I going with this? Yeah, he's that type of dude. Like he, you, you see these bows and they're like works of art. They're beautiful mm-hmm. and they're just you don't really want to touch them. Mm-hmm. And you go up and like he had them set out at the shoot, and people would come up and look and be like, "You want to shoot it? Go take it. Go shoot it." Like you ain't gonna hurt it. What are you does, gonna do? To it? They're like so that. much oh, fun. No, no, so good. much yeah. fun to shoot too. Oh yeah, they're a lot of fun. Yeah. I enjoyed that. I need. I have an old one. An old American archery one that I, I mean, you yep. see it, it's over there in the yep. corner, but I've shot it. It's uh, a, yep. I feel like that one's like clanky and like hand shock. I mean, it's, it's a recurve. Yeah, it's a recurve and it's an, uh, it's a cheaper bow. I mean, mm-hmm. but it, you can shoot good with it. I mean, it's, it's a good shooting old bow. Yeah. But. I think I would enjoy one that like, I, I feel like if it just felt a little smoother mm-hmm. and something I like maybe invested some, not yep. that I got to buy the top of the line thing. I'm not saying that, but. I guess well you you have so to begin with you have to tune your bow like to get it to shoot the way that it's supposed to and feel the way it's supposed to you have to tune it by really? by tuning it you basically you're setting your brace height so the the manufacturer has a recommended brace height that you set it to and you do yeah. that by taking twist in or out of the string so like my bow likes a seven and a half inch brace height approximately so I tried you know anywhere from seven to eight mm-hmm. found that sweet spot by taking twist in and out of the string uh, lengthening or shortening your brace height mm-hmm. and then you find that spot where it's really as smooth as it can be in your hand and as quiet as it can be and then that's what you build off of that's what you tune with no kidding yeah so and then to tune you basically um, add weight or take away weight from your arrow mm. you can do that by uh, adding weight up front uh getting a heavier or lighter arrow and then the length of the arrow no kidding yeah so there's a lot to it you and if you're knocking high or low or left or right that tells you what you need to do to your arrow to get it to correct so you want a perfectly tuned straight flying arrow 
out of the trad bow, that's that's what you're looking for. Interesting. Yeah. Different. And and something you could probably just do. I mean, the arrow is different. You know, you could build your arrow. But, like, the tuning, you just twist it and experiment and shoot and try it different well, things. You, yeah, you set your brace height first, and then you build your arrows according once mm-hmm. you have your brace height set. Yeah. yeah. It's freaking cool, man. Yeah, it, you it, seem to do a lot of research, so. Well, you, I guess you'd have to. if You, you, really, you yeah. committed, though. That's the difference. You aren't yeah. just winging it. Like, you yeah, like, just, well, like, buy it and start shooting and just go out there and. <laughs> What made the most sense to me was I just got on Three Rivers Archery site. They're a great site for traditional equipment, and they had a book on there. I think it's learning how to shoot the stick bow or something like that, and it's a thick. I mean, it's like a two-inch thick book, (laughs) and I just started reading through that and learning, and it's a lot of very good information in that book. So that's what I – that was the easiest way for me to do it. Uh, If you have buddies that are into it, they can help you. But for me, that was just a – I didn't have to make a phone call every day that way. So. Right, you're not calling Chad up every day. Yeah, like, hey, but he was. I, I did. I had a ton of questions for him. Really, he was really cool about it. Yeah, that's awesome. So let's break it down. Let's talk about like first shot at a deer type thing. Yeah, started the season. Was getting real close to deer. Um, my, I'm trying to think here. The first doe that I shot at, she came out into a food plot. I'd I'd probably been hunting ten days before I got a deer that was close enough. Uh, you know, either broadside or quartering away is what you're looking for. You really have to be a lot pickier with your shot uh, yeah. selection compared to a compound. Yeah. Um, so I finally got the, the opportunity that I wanted, and I shot at her, and it went high. Mm-hmm. And like over. Yep. And luckily, <laughs> that, that longbow's quiet enough. She couldn't hear it. So she came back in. I missed her the first time at 20. I missed her again at 22, shot right over again at 22. <laughs> And then, like, an hour later, she came back in, and she busted me that time. She got my wind, and she was spooky. And then I, she was at, like, 15, and she ducked me. I, I missed her high again uh, at, like, 15. <laughs> so I was pissed. My first deer, I missed her three times. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Not a good way to start out. Yeah. But I'm like, and you know, I knew this was going to be a thing. Like, I'm just going to keep grinding. I had, you know, probably 10 days of hunting in it already. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, it is what it is. Hey. It is what it is. Yeah, it's part of it. I would, you know, like you said, you, you knew that was a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was, I knew I wasn't going to go out there and just ace my first shot. I knew I was going to have to put some work in and, and learn and, you know, climb the ladder. And uh, persistence is everything in archery in general. And with traditional archery, it's, it's, uh, persistence is everything. Yeah. Even more. So, um, mess that opportunity up. Uh, Shot low, actually shot low because I was so mad after shooting high three times. I'm like, I'm deliberately aiming underneath this doe. And I did. I hit low and I hit her in the leg, the front leg. Just barely grazed her so it wasn't like a catastrophic, you know, like it wasn't enough to make me set the bow down. Like, all right. I knew it was a nick type thing. Yep. I knew that shot was probably going to be low and it was. And she was alert too. So that makes it tough, you know, with a slower bow. Yeah. Um, so that messed that opportunity up a few days later, had another doe come in, beautiful, perfect shot, 15 yards, shot high on her. <laughs> By this time, I'm like, man, is this like, am I on the right path? You know, should I really be doing this or am I just like out here wasting my time? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was getting discouraged. I actually, a few days later, I pulled the compound out for the first time and shot like 10 arrows in the backyard. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm at 50 yards, like hitting a softball. I'm like, Man, this is this is nice. <laughs> oh yeah, wheels over cars. Yeah. It was nice. His like cars are rolling. Yeah. My my groups at fifty were better than my groups at ten with the longbow. But I uh, I put it back. I'm like, you know, I I just want to. Are you make getting sure. judgy on compounds? 
No, I feel no. like there's a little bit, of, you know, higher I, horse in your voice. No, I'm not. <laughs> I just wanted to. Ma- I blew the dust off of it. I just wanted to make sure that it was still on and that it was still shooting, just in case that 180 tripped my camera. I'm like, fuck, I got to grab the comp. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. more. Fuck. Yeah. So I was just making sure old Bertha's still there in the basement. Yeah, but it's all I, lonely. Yeah. So <laughs> I shot it. I shot it a few arrows and it, it felt good. But I picked the picked the long bow back up and. Uh, I finally got an opportunity, a really nice, close, unalert doe. She come out to feed in a big tine plot. Uh, it was a hang and bang hunt, and she came out uh, broadside 10 yards, and I pulled back and just smashed her. I, I actually hit a little high from where I was aiming, but I was up so high. I was like probably 23 foot, mm-hmm. and she was 10 yards. So I, I hit her up close to the back strap, but when it exited, it was bottom of the heart. Hell yeah. So Perfect shot. Yeah. I've never seen a deer die faster with a compound. Like no kidding. She ran up on the hill 30, 40 yards away. She was alive maybe 15 seconds after I shot her. No shit. Yep. Damn. She was dead on her feet. Didn't go 20. Impressive. Didn't Passed go 20. It, so it, it went through, and it fell out of her like maybe 10 or 15 oh, yeah. yards after. It, was a, it passed through her. Yeah. yeah. Nice, man. So my, I guess we could talk about my arrow setup, but it's heavy. Um, it's only a 43-pound bow, but I'm shooting a 600-grain arrow. It's a Victory Carbon Trad 450, um, almost full length. I've got like an inch cut off of them, so it's tuned to my bow. Um, yeah, long draw length anyways, though. I, I, I'm pulling about 28 to 29 with that. Yeah, with a mm-hmm. compound, I'm 29. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm shooting, a, and it's got an 80-grain insert, and then it's got a 175-grain VPA uh, single bevel head, non-vented, so it's all solid one-piece three-blade. Nice. And you uh, you sharpen those up yourself. They come pretty sharp, but you put a better edge on them when you get them so mm-hmm. you can shave with them. You get them get them sharp no kidding um so yeah that blasted right through her and i immediately saw blood and saw her go down so that was really gratifying to know that that the longbow could actually kill something right like yeah, it was yeah. possible it had weight in its ass yeah, yeah. that's how did that feel like watching it, that doe fall it was so fast that that shot was so fast the arrow went i mean everything was perfect it looked just like i shot her with a compound really uh just blasted through her. i'm like man that's it when they're within 10, 15 yards, that's a very efficient weapon. Yeah, for sure. I, I'm the weak link. Like, I'm the one that's having a hard time shooting it. It's not. It's definitely not the bow's fault. Mm-hmm. So, uh, very gratifying. Um, you know, that had been a long time coming. I'd wanted to do that for over 20 years. Yeah. Uh, pretty emotional for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was only a doe, but it was a big, mature doe. You know, I passed up young deer, button bucks, uh, young bucks, probably probably passed up 20 deer. Really? Uh, to to har- just target mature deer. So, yeah, yeah. Um, very that, cool, man. That's so awesome. Big old nanny. Under it was belt. a big accomplishment for me. Like yeah. I told Lee, I said, I've checked off the main goal on my list for this season. I got to kill a deer with traditional equipment. It's freaking so huge, man. That was very big for me. So what was next where you're like, all right, cool. I got this done. Did you chill for a little bit? Did you celebrate or were you like, all right, back at it? Well, I, I went out and had a steak and celebrated with my Canadian buddies that night. They <laughs> were in town and they just thought it was the coolest thing ever. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I was right back in the stand the next day, and now I've got a new fire lit under my ass, you know. And now I'm like, all right, now I can do this. Now I know it can be done, you know. I just I didn't want it to have to take two or three op- more opportunities at shooting at bucks because I might only get two or three opportunities in a season. For Did sure. you uh, think about picking the compound back up after? Nope. Nope. All right. Nope. You were more Sticking involved. With it. I was more driven than I'd ever been at that point. Like, no kidding. Yep. Well, that was a big turning point. Middle, middle of the rut, and I'm not even looking at the compound. And I knew that was my time. Like, if I'm going to kill a buck with this thing, it's going to be the first or second week in November is when I'm going to get it done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're in the stand the next day, 
right after. No breaks. Yep. Let's go. Morning and night. Fuck right. Fucking yep. right. So let's go into the next one, man, because you're, you're just like a ball of fire now. Yeah, I was amped up. Uh, I was really getting close on some, some decent deer down south. I, I've been more aggressive this year than I normally am as far as getting in. I've actually bumped like three big deer getting in on them. Uh, just trying to get in close? Just trying to get close enough. You know, you have to be closer with this traditional equipment mm-hmm. and uh, just bad luck. I've just, I've got pictures of them go in a few hours later and run into them on the way in, yeah. that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So anyways, I uh, I was having a lot of luck seeing good bucks, just nothing that was quite big enough. You know, I passed up probably four or five deer right around 120. Um, you know, a nice three, even a four-year-old that was like five yards showing me his armpit. I mean, quartering away. It was beautiful. <laughs> I almost cried. The shot was so pretty. Yeah. But I couldn't do it. I was being, I wasn't being picky, but I wanted a, a nice, old, solid, mature deer. Uh, mm-hmm. Score wasn't my highest priority, but I wanted something that was nice, you know. Yeah, yeah. I wanted a nice, you know, 120, 130 type buck mm-hmm. for my first buck, and I wanted him to be old. Yeah, yeah, so, for sure. That's, oh, that's really what matters. You that, know? Yeah. That's kind of what I set my goal at for my first buck. And uh, I went to one of my favorite stands. Um, you've heard me talk about the pasture farm before. Yep. This is where I kill a lot of my big deer. Um, it's a stand I call Roger's Stand uh, because a, a guy that actually got me into hunting had put a stand in here years ago, and it's in a great spot. Um, lots of acorns drop. I've killed a couple big deer out of this spot. Mm-hmm. Um but when the rut's in, it, it's just kind of a connection for a bunch of bedding. There's a bunch of ridges that kind of meet, and it's like a travel corridor between bedding. So when mm-hmm. the rut's in, it's money. Mm-hmm. But I hadn't been able to hunt it because I needed a south-southeast wind. Like that, I hunt it with a southeast or a south-southeast. That's yeah. the only time I go in there. Mm-hmm. So I finally got that wind. I went in that morning, and there was uh, within the first 30 minutes I had, saw a bu- I'd seen a little buck. And then a chase about an hour after I was in the stand. So it was good. You know, there was some activity. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, it was around 730 when I saw the doe pop up. And she was 30 yards from me before I saw her. There's, it's kind of like she came down into a low drop and came up. And she's right there next to me, 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was watching her, and I could tell there was something with her. And when he came up, I put the binocs up, and I first the first side that I saw was his left side, which is his weak side. He's got like a probably a four inch a four inch three and a five inch two, just kind of short. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's a good deer. And then he turned, and I saw his right side. I'm like, oh shit, that's that's a pretty good buck. <laughs> and then I really got kind of analyzing him. And I, it was pretty easy to recognize, like, that's an old deer. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, gray in the face, gray in the nose, notched deer, huge neck, big body. Been like, around a while. The yeah, kind of deer that's bruiser. a no-brainer. Like, that's not a, that's not a three-year-old. You yeah. know, that's a five or six or maybe even older deer. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I put the binocs down. I'm like, if he gives it to me, I'm going to take it. Yeah, so, yeah. I, uh, I got a little GoPro running in the tree with me. That, dude, uh, I love that way of filming. Yeah, after watching your bear hunt, I'm like, that video is so good. Why am I toting around all this bullshit? It, it makes everything look far away. Like, we're not, like, filming Heartland Bowhunter, but yeah. we're getting kills on it still it's clean, awesome. Though. It's awesome for your own personal use. Like, if you're not filming for anybody, it's it's perfect, and yeah. it's easy to set up. It takes all the hassle out of it. I know. I need to get one of the screw in the tree mounts. And yeah, we should all do that probably. I should do, I should do it every time, but it just, I don't know, whatever. Shoulda, woulda, coulda. So, yeah, I mean, it's cool you had it. So, 
all this is on film. Yeah, so I got it rocking, and um, he's he's on her hot, <clears throat> and he keeps looking behind him. I'm like, well, shit, maybe there's a, a booner behind him. <laughs> yeah. Well, this little dink two-year-old eight-pointer comes up, and he's trying to get in, and this big butt keeps running him off. Well, they were within 30 yards of me for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And finally, the big buck goes to nose the doe, you know, how they kind of push him and direct him. Yep, yep. And luckily, he directed her right towards me. And uh, you can see in the video, I'm ranging her. She's about 18. And he actually came in closer. So that was my first mistake was I wasn't really paying attention where he was in relation to her. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I was shooting him for closer to 20 than I was 15. Yeah. And the shot went high. Um you know, it's over in a flash with that with that longbow. It doesn't mm-hmm. take long to draw, anchor, and release. Right, right. And uh, I saw the arrow hit. Uh, it hit right up close to the spine, but did not spine him. Exited a couple inches under his his hairline on his back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I knew it wasn't a, a, a fatal hit. shot. Yeah. He run up on the ridge. What was your what was going through your head though before you shot? Were you like, oh shit, or did it happen so quick? Like you didn't really process? I, it? I thought I was going to drill him. Like he was close enough. He was he was actually about fifteen yards when I shot him. Right. Like I I was pretty confident I was going to hit him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hit him, but it just it was too high. Yeah. So he run up on the ridge, and I'm watching him. And the doe and the little buck are kind of just like frozen. They're just kind of looking around, like what was that? Mm-hmm. And pretty soon that little buck came back in to try to get on that doe and that buck that i'd shot when he saw that he's like huh that's not gonna work for me yeah he came right back in it's a no for me dog yep that's a no for me you can see he can see the little buck chase the doe around behind me so i'm like all right this is good because they're on the opposite side of me he's got to come past me to get to them well they went up and kind of went out and around and and disappeared uh towards the middle of my farm and that buck went to take after him. I thought he was going to choose the closer trail and come right under me, but he didn't. He opted for the split, the further trail. It was uh, the trail he was on was it was thirty one yards when he he went to go. You could hear him grunt in the video, and I I mean I didn't even think that's too far to shoot. I was just so zoned in. zoned in, and I'd already put an arrow in him. I was just in that mentality like if he gives me another shot, I'm going to take it. Yeah, you kind of you have to finish the deal. Yeah, I, yep. I agree with that. Yeah, yep. And I and I'll just say this now: uh, I don't condone thirty yard shots with a longbow, especially if you don't practice, which I didn't. Like twenty five was kind of the max that I practiced at, but mm-hmm. I had a decent feel for for trajectory at twenty five yards. Yeah, yeah. Um, this deer stopped and a there was a small opening and i'm talking small like i'm amazed that the arrow even made it there it's honestly kind of a miracle but he stopped and i you can see it in the video i just draw anchor release and you can hear that you can just hear it and hear the diaphragm pop on the gopro it's just that good shot sound that you want to hear and as soon as i hit him he just takes off as hard as he can the the kind of reaction you want to see like Mm -hmm. that's a lethal hit deer Mm -hmm. and i just couldn't believe it like the arch of that arrow was so beautiful it was going to him it looked like it was going to go a foot over his back i'm like well i got the distance and then you just see it at the last second just i did i lost the arrow i couldn't see exactly where it hit but i knew it was real real it looked real real good (laughs) yeah and after hearing the smack and seeing that deer's reaction i'm like you hear the the pop of like the diaphragm or something whatever it is i could not believe it i couldn't believe that i had missed a 15 yard shot and i thought it was close to 35 yards i couldn't believe that i'd made that shot (laughs) uh it was a lot of emotion i was you can see it in the video my video is bad the video is 
Yeah, fantastic. Better than yeah. it's, it's way better than you gave it credit for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it turned out pretty well, but um, just kind of took a moment to look around and really just soak in everything. I mean, it was it was a big moment for me. You know, the sun shining through and the leaves were raining down and. The temperature was really nice. It was just a, mm-hmm. a really beautiful moment for me. Yeah. Um, Dude, it's fucking awesome. When you you texted the group and you're like, you know, but, you know, I've got one or whatever. And all I remember, I just remember reading like you hit one or whatever. I don't even remember exactly what you said. Yeah. Tried to call you immediately. Well, I texted you. I think you called me. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was just fucking cool. I knew you were going to do it. I didn't, but <laughs> well, yeah, I, I get that. Though, I was but. hoping for that opportunity, but you know, it's tough. It's tough to get a mature deer within twenty yards, and I, yeah. you know, some seasons yeah. it just doesn't work out. But I'm usually I'm persistent enough that I'll get several opportunities with my compound. I was just hoping that it'd be close enough and he'd stop and yeah. give me the right angle and everything that I needed. And uh, I can't say that this shot really qualified for any of that, but I'm glad that I took it because well, it, it the worked. mindset is once you already hit an animal, you don't know exactly like you get down. There could be like, Oh shit. He's, it was in the back of my mind. Like he's close enough. Maybe it, you know, maybe it came out lower than I thought. Yeah. I, yeah. But the way he was reacting to that doe, he was grunting as he went towards her. So, <laughs> Uh, I've seen crazier stuff and, you know, he, yeah. I could have clipped along and still had him behaving like that, but it probably wasn't likely but for sure. For sure. For whatever reason, I took the shot, made the shot, got down, looked at blood uh, and there's blood right at the shot. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit. And it's good. <laughs> it's good blood. Like it's, there is uh 50, 50 big drops of blood right at the shot. Oh, yeah. oh really? And I'm like, oh shit. Pumping I, right out the gate. Yep. I smashed him. So I called up uh, Ross and had Ross come out, and he met me and my best friend, Cody Evans. He met up with me. He's been into traditional archery for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's really in love with it, too. So that was cool to have those guys with me. Um, we tracked that deer probably 150 to 200 yards. Uh, the blood started getting darker. Mm-hmm. It was good blood, but it was dark blood, and I and I wasn't sure where the shot had went. So from experience, I was like, well, it's probably liver, you know. Yeah. Uh, we're going to do the right thing. I've jumped liver shot deer up before and I'm not going to mm-hmm. do it. So, right. um, I hated to do it, but it was warm that day. It was in the mid seventies. I uh, shot him at eight o'clock that morning and we waited till three or three thirty that afternoon before we went back in, uh, had a whole party with me, my wife, my, my five-year-old son, <laughs> um, Cody came back, uh, Brennan Jensen, who's on the team. He was yep. there. Um, my cousin Justin was with me and it was just a really fun group to have with me. Yeah. Uh, we trailed that deer for about 500 yards and I was getting discouraged, but when we walked up on him, Brennan was the first one to see him. Yeah. He's like, there he is, the dead deer. No and shit. we walked up and he'd, he'd been dead a while. Brigham Mortis had set in, yeah. so, but I don't know that that deer would have been dead if we'd, have, you know, Can't waited two, two hours and went in after him because it was exactly what I thought, uh, perfectly placed up and down just about three or four inches further back than, than a double lung shot. So, yeah. uh, I don't, I don't know that I got a lung, but I, I got liver when I took his liver on it, had a broadhead hole in it. So, no kidding. Yep. So it's good to know like that, you know, autopsy you see like, okay, yep. this is, yeah. you were right. Yep. It just backs up what you, yep. what you thought when you, you, when you liver shoot a deer, um, give him seven, eight hours. Yeah. You I need mean, to make the right move. That's so. what you got to do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, you know, it worked out. I walked up, I was just elated with, with the size of him and his age and the big notch in his ear. I mean, he's huge neck. He's just a gnarly old buck. Just That's awesome. Really nice buck for a traditional buck for my oh, first yeah. one. Did you kind of, yeah. da- I mean, not that you downplayed it, but you brought it in 
and it's a stud. He's a deer that I wouldn't look at with my compound. I'd shoot um, him with a compound. And, and a lot of guys would. I mean, he's an ancient, old, just a cool-looking deer. That's why. But, you know, but, I, but I hunt every day, morning and night, four months at a time. So I have to be, like, I can usually fill tags with a couple good ones, so I'm pretty picky. Yeah, um, understandably so. This deer scored 138 inches. He's a he's a great deer. If he w- if his left would have matched his right, he'd have been 150 right at 150. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a 25 inch beam. That's uh, impressive. He's got a 20 and a half inch spread. Uh, four and a half inch bases, you know, just a, heavy, just a really nice solid. He's going to look good on the wall. Like he's not, we're, people aren't going to come up there and look at him and be like, look at that piece of shit. You know, he's, <laughs> he's a cool looking deer. He's going to fit in just fine with everybody oh, yeah. else. He's framey. Yep. He's yep. framey. He is framey. Um, yep. no, I think he looks great. I would be, dude, what you did is insane for your first year hunting yeah. traditional equipment. It's impressive, I'm, man. I'm, I'm elated. Uh, I'm more in love with it now and more driven now than I've ever been. Yeah, uh, I still got one tag in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Um, I got. I'm going to be picky on this one, obviously, because I've still got a long time to hunt, and I hate to get rid of a tag uh, before yeah. late season gets here. Yeah, but I'm not saying if I see that. I'm not going to try and pull a Kurt, huh? <laughs> no. <laughs> well, like I said, I hunt every day, morning and night, so I can afford to be picky. But yeah, yeah. Uh, this deer that I'm looking at is a big 11 pointer that I passed a couple times last year, and he's he's got six inch bases, like he was massive last year. So you're going in purely with the same I, bow and everything. I would like to shoot him with the long bow or another deer that's 50s plus, 50s an plus. old like an old five year old 50s. So plus you're not picking the compound up. Not yet. Now I'm not. Late season's going to be tricky because you know how these deer yep. get when the snow's on. They've been hunted. They're they're antsy. Uh, it's going to be a little tougher. Yeah. With with the longbow in the late season, but I've still got a lot of good hunting before that gets here. Yeah, so. for sure. Yeah, I mean the I mean I think the best days in November are going into this weekend, like we talked yep. earlier. I think tomorrow could be the day. I mean, yeah, I, I'm going to go in and try to get in closer sure. on that 11 pointer tomorrow. I mean, yeah. it might take me two weeks, but hopefully I can have an encounter well, hey, with him. Congratulations, man! Thank yeah, you. Congrats. That's huge awesome. bow hunting accomplishment. Yes, it was. I would You're say <laughs> the I'd Lord, say, the love. I would Church say I would say I'm at the pinnacle of my bow hunting career right now yeah yeah for sure i would say man i feel all of us within the working class crew are kind of i I probably i mean maybe not you chandler but like for the rest of us like um speaking for doug and eric i don't know if it's correct me if i'm wrong but i feel like because of the podcast and our involvement of surrounding ourselves around people who live for this shit like think of our whole crew everybody only time we talk real i mean we talk all year but always about hunting yep it's never about anything else that's it hunting nothing nothing else yep if it is it's little blurp and then we're back on like yeah, yeah. Yep. oh food you name it yeah we're talking about something hunting that's what i love about kind of the community we've yeah, built you build, you build a really uh nice community of it's a it's a tight-knit community but yeah it's just like-minded individuals everybody's got the same goal everybody's kind of yep. wired the same and yeah i think everybody really mesh that we all mesh well together. Good. And we're, t- you know, I mean, we have team working class. So that's a great team, but we're talking about the OGs too, yeah. more specifically, which yep. is like the guys from the beginning that have always supported the podcast. Like would they bleed working class somewhere like that? You cut somebody open, the little logos come out. <laughs> <laughs> little WCB little green logos. blood. Yeah. yeah. Lime green blood. But, uh, it's cool, man. Uh, we, I think, but creating that environment is all made us better hunters. Maybe oh, for sure. Physically, mentally, or ever it is. Like, I feel more calculated on killing whitetails than I've ever felt right now. Oh, me too. And talking to Chandler, um, I had a certain situation with the, another deer I'd like to kill, but I'm tagged out, and whoop, that's a story for another time. Um, 
that we had that conversation. I called you to kind of vent a little bit to you. It was, this was the same day you were waiting. You were killing time waiting to go recover your buck yep. uh, that we just talked about. And uh, you kind of hit me with that, too. Like, going back to, like, passing deer and stuff, I like that topic. It's like, you're like, well, Kurt, you know, you've, last three seasons, you've kind of tagged out, and you're kind of to the point where I was at. And, like, you went back, you're like, I remember a couple of years where I tagged out on good bucks, but, you know, then you, then you have the giant show up. You have a giant show up. Or you maybe, and not that I'm regretting anything, I definitely don't. I, I'd shoot all my bucks over again from this mm-hmm. year. Um, but there, there's a turning point, I think, that happens. And I think I'm kind of experiencing that a little yeah. bit. Like you're, like you said, you're dialed in. You know what you're doing. You, you, you have farm ground now that can allow you to target the bigger animal. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and now that you've accomplished, you know, once again, you're tagged down. You're tagged down earlier than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. Uh, to be tagged down on two mature deer in October is really a feat. Um, yeah. I think everybody knows that you're pretty well dialed in now. So yeah. Um, now you're going to start kind of adapting the same philosophy that I have, where you can really see the value in later season and, and the draw of snow and cold temperatures and what that can do for really big deer. Yeah. It, it's hard. It's hard to punch two tags for me unless they're two really, really good deer. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And you know, definitely don't by saying that, I don't want anyone to take that. Like I'm regretting it, but it's like that whole, it's it, just a progression. You're it's in, a progression. Yep. Uh, it, the whole, it was in the moment I was like, Hmm, I want also, too, I was, like, moving trail cams around. I pulled some stands down and stuff like that last weekend. And I was in the woods in November not hunting. Yeah. And that's never happened to me before. So it's a weird feeling for me. Like, I kind of got sad a little because it's, like, I'm so into it. Yep. Um, which is why I'm thankful I'm going to Indiana. But I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to get to go there a lot. Yep. But so I had that. And then just, I don't know, weird emotions, I guess. When I, when I do it, when I tag out, I'm, like, I'm bothering Ross. I'm, like, dude, you going hunting? He's like, I don't know. I'm like, go hunting so I can go with you and film. <laughs> I, I can't ask Leah. If I tag out, I got to go with my brother, my dad, Ross, any other That's friends awesome. that are going. Like, I cannot sit at home in November. I just yeah. I can't do it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm glad. I'm So it's good, too, because my daughter's at, like, an age where normally I would be getting to the holiday, like, Thanksgiving. Yeah. I get to Thanksgiving after everybody's already ate dinner type shit. Mm-hmm. And I'm back. Then I'm like, hey, what's up, guys? I'm here. Just change real quick. And then it's like, I didn't really... I'm going to enjoy that, right, with my daughter yeah. at a fun age. But also, like, if I'm not running to Indiana to hunt, you know, my da- my old man is going to be hunting our lease pretty heavily on that big time plot. It's like, hey, I mean, I could, I could throw up a hang on. Yeah, yeah. Take along. I'll step in your seat and throw one up and climb into that, you know. And That's funny you brought up the – you brought that up about Isla May and Thanksgiving. My son's birthday is on uh, November 13th. Oh, yeah? Every year, Leah plans his birthday parties at 11 or 12 o'clock. <laughs> so I hunt the morning. Yeah, yeah. I come back for the party, and I'm back in the stand in the <laughs> afternoon. Right. Perfect. Yeah, that, I mean, it's the little things, you know. And that's <laughs> – Sam and I are also trying to avoid November kids, you know, but – It's a good idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. But hey, Valentine's Day stupid. Yeah, it's a bad move. It's a bad move. But <laughs> – It's a no-no. Yeah, like the, the evolution of bow hunting is crazy, man. Um I'm going to text Shad and see if he wants to hop on for a quick segment. Um, Shad has so much knowledge when it comes to traditional stuff. It's fun to just – you just pick one subject and pick his brain and just listen to him talk. It's like, damn, this guy's been doing this for a while. Yeah, he's a, he's a cool guy, interesting dude. I might see him this weekend. I knew nothing about arrows or broadheads or anything, and that's – Yeah. That helped me out a lot. We'll see. I just shot him a text. We'll see. If, if so, we'll uh, we'll cut out for a second and be right back. But, but no, man, that's – you've accomplished – like the pinnacle of 
what bow hunters wish they could do, or it's just like the ultimate badass move. And yeah, that's just, that wasn't my goal in doing it. Um, a lot of people, my brothers, kind of said the same thing. You know, well, you know, you're you've got to impress people. You got to keep impressing people. Well, that's not, not why. Yeah, that's a not, weird way to put it. It's not why I did it. Um, I I did it for me. You know, it's yeah. it's I was I'm at a point in my career where I felt like I could take a breather and back off for a season and really try something that that I wanted to do. And it's. It's just such an incredible feeling to carry that light little thing in your hand and think, I'm I'm trying to kill a deer with this thing. Like, what am I even doing? Yeah. You know? It's just wood. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, yeah, it was for me. It's something yeah. I've always wanted to do. And uh, I'm glad uh, you I'm glad you said it that way, or I guess your brother or your cousin said that. My brother, yeah. You don't, like, killing bucks is not about impressing people. Like, it's a personal journey. Yep. Well, for it's so a many people. Goal. For yeah. so many people, it's still about the size of the buck. Like it, it's, for sure, and and it it's is a scale. for me. It is for me too. I love targeting mature deer, and I love targeting mature deer that score well, like big, massive white tails. That's my thing. Yeah, but it's not all about that for me, especially now after shooting this buck. I've got more enjoyment out of this buck than I have the last five that I've shot with the compound for sure, and they've yeah. all been bigger. See, score is cool. Like it's just a tool of measurement. Like I want to break X this score, and everybody's yeah. got that number they want to break. That's a personal thing, I think. Yep. Um, now, I like to shoot deer. I just like to shoot them. Yep. I like to let arrows go. I like to shoot deer. I and think that's it's what's, fun. That's what's fun about this. It, it lets right. you kind of lower your standards a little bit. You get more. You don't get more shot opportunities because it's tougher to get them in close. But. Yeah you always have that feeling of, man, if a doe comes by right now at 10 yards, I'm smoking her. Yeah, yeah. It's middle of the rut, and I'm looking for does. <laughs> like, it was a blast. It's, it really was fun. Everything becomes potential targets. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. I can you see can, that. When you're trying to learn, you cannot pass up opportunities to shoot at deer. <laughs> and I, I killed that doe in the heart of the rut, my first doe in the heart of the rut, and I was never more happy to shoot a doe in my life. That's Dude, I think that's great. Yep. It's got to be like dunking your head in water first thing in the morning and wake your ass up yeah. a little bit. Like yep. a little, It's a refresher. But, like, I like to shoot deer. I see a buck that's in the 140s. I'm like, oh, I'm making Play-Doh snakes for these 50 <laughs> yards out sometimes, you know. But it all depends on the year. Like, I, if you know, podcasts are already out at this point. But, you know, had a fucked up deal happen that morning, went in for redemption. This buck comes in that's low mid 40s. And I'm like, Play-Doh snake, and he's at 75. I'm like, man, if he turns this way, I'm going to put an arrow through his lungs. <laughs> that's a good deer. You know, and I, dude. I'm stoked with that buck. And then, you know, like my second buck, just weird, tight-racked, and you get to see yeah, that deer in person. He's, he's gnarly. He's, he's awesome. Looks like a different deer one way. You turn him, completely different other deer. He goes from being 120 to 150 in the turn he's of his play, head. Yeah, he plays games with you. And that that's what I liked about him because you see him, you're like, he's looking straight at you. You're like, mm, ooh, what's that? I like that. And well, so, that's, that's the different. whole story of missing him, you know, and then yeah. getting that opportunity back to shoot at him again. Right. That you, you, You're you going to look at that deer for years and remember that hunt. And just, oh, yeah. for sure. And the fact that, you know, going back to what you're saying, like that's a buck that you'll look at that deer differently. But you also, in your trophy room of whitetails, you have, you have wide, you have tall, you have short times and heavy, you have – Tall, slender tine bucks. You got drop tines, kickers, mass, everything. You got all that. So, but this buck, I think, will have this like in your mind, this little yep. golden star around it. Yeah, because I've, I've got a handful of deer that I just look at different on the wall. Right. Um, my first buck is obviously going to be really special for me. Mm -hmm. He's the one that started everything. Yep. Um, this deer is going to be really special for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's why I. I mean, people laugh at these two bucks in the studio. 
But I have my first buck ever and my first buck with a bow. They don't necessarily laugh at my first buck with a bow, but they laugh, they laugh at my first buck ever. But that's when I realized, like, I love this shit. I, I, yeah, I knew that what I wanted to do. When you look up at that mount, I love what it. do you think about? Dude, I think back to the exact moment that I was 13 or 14 when I shot that thing. Yep. Like a kid. And I just that's I didn't ha- I didn't know what that deer did for me in the time and yep. you know yeah. the time being but dude it unfolded like this strange like obsession I guess mm-hmm. like I don't know if I wasn't into this I'd be into something he- just as heavy but I'm glad it's hunting rather yeah. than you yeah, know I was not- really into BMX but like hunting kind of stuck me off of BMX to to what this is you yeah. know my yeah. first buck is about the same when I was twelve you season with my dad and yeah like you know when. You shoot it like the adrenaline, like everything's just like, yeah. This is what I want to do. Yeah. Did you, Did you mount your first buck? Yeah, I did. Yeah. See, I wasn't. I didn't expect my dad to be like. Cause I was young. I didn't, wasn't going to pay for yeah, it. Yeah, and I couldn't. Yeah. You know, I, <laughs> what, am I, I, what am I going to do? I didn't expect my dad to be like, "We're going to mount it." You know, I didn't. Yeah. Expe- I expected like, oh, "I'll get a skull mount or a skull cap mount," because that's what he did with his first deer okay. and stuff. And my dad's like, "We'll mount it." No, this is cool. Let's mount it. That's a good first buck. Oh, that's awesome. So I'm I'm super thankful that we did because. That I, I, it's in the studio now, but w- the goal is we're gonna end up building a new new studio, and that that guy will be up in the mix with the hey. big boys, man, and it will be. You I know? love it. I'll have him in there. I'll have him between two one fifties. You know, just looking all. It it makes me emotional thinking about the early hunts. You know what yeah. really started everything, and that it doesn't matter if that deer is a one seventy or a hundred inches. I mean, it, yeah. it's bringing you back to that place. That's why you got that deer mounted for sure too, and and. Like first buck with a bow, I was fifteen. This gnarly. I was a BMX kid through and through. Like the photo is embarrassing. Have you ever seen that photo? <laughs> I don't think. Let me so. pull it up. Mine's pretty embarrassing too. <laughs> but I love it though. Like uh, I need to pull up my hard drive and like really pull out the photos I didn't post. You know, I we take a lot of photos of our deer. Yeah, and I just have some that are hilarious. Um, and I'm gonna end up having to post this now that I'm talking about it like this. But I had long gnarly bmx just long i don't know long hair whatever where's the albums yeah my first one with the bow i actually didn't mount it but i should have it was an old bruiser like an old 12 pointer like mm-hmm. just old as shit and uh i'm surprised they even killed him because you know back then you're just moving around doing whatever yeah i had an old yeah. hoyt and just <laughs> what, what hoyt did you have um i'll have to look I shot mine with a Hoyt. I had a Hoyt Ultra Sport, I think. No, that might have been mine. I was all about high country back in the day. Yeah, high country was the jam, huh? The high country Ultra Force. I detasseled all summer to buy that bow. <laughs> the backwards hat. My dad had a... Hell yeah. That's an old school Buckmaster's hat. Nice. The one where you join, and it's it was an old school trucker. My, but, my first buck picture was in that hat. Really? Yep. No kidding? I'll pull it up on Instagram. See, this is my hair for the record. Hell yeah. I was just a shithead. I thought I pulled up, but first buck with a bow, Dude, man. that's a good buck. That is a good buck. I was, it was one of those deals. Here we are getting into first buck stories. I shot that buck at probably 12 yards and just thought, I had shot another deer, I'd wounded a buck before and just thought it was down the fucking shitter. Oh, yeah. You're just like, <laughs> I was like, I, I, dude, in reality, knowing now what I'm looking at, perfect quartering away shot, exited out of the shoulder. Like, yeah. he ran in just in the timber and died. And I remember walking up on that deer and just freaking out, man. Pretty awesome. We're all pulling up first buck fix. Yeah, I'm trying. That's your first buck? Yeah. Oh, that's bigger than my first buck. Oh, first buck with a bow or yeah, first buck with a bow? Is, you, is that your first buck ever? No. Oh, that's a nice buck. 
But yeah, that photo was I don't know awesome. Why. I can't pull it up. If you can pull up Instagram and <laughs> that pull way you me don't up, smile. That might be, dude. How, how old were you in here? I was uh, fifteen or sixteen, I think. We're about the same age. Let me see that bad boy. That is awesome, man. We need to post uh, these pictures. Look at that hair. <laughs> That's that is an old buck. Yeah, he's a yep. And he went pretty far, so I was pretty ups. I mean, I thought I smoked him, but I love the bow picture. That's awesome. Yeah, I wish you could see my bow better in the photos. I think if I pulled up the old hard drive, you'd probably be able to. There's probably more, you know. But these logs in the background, this photo here, jumped into those and was upside down, and we caught the blood. You know how they stop, and there'll be a bunch of blood. That's where they do their stagger step, and then yep. they fall. I was so used to, like, the letdown of losing blood that I we, was right there. I'm like, where is he? And I looked, and he was right there, and I just remember freaking <laughs> out. Pretty cool. I'll do, uh, if we get the new studio, I'll bring mine in. Hanging in the studio? Yeah. It's not mounted. We it's should do that. Guy, we should have everybody bring their first buck in and just do like a first buck episode. That'd, that'd be, be pretty cool. Just tell the story real quick. Do a video podcast on it. That'd oh, be yeah. cool. You know? That'd be fun. Well, cool. All right. We're going to we're gonna get Shad on. He's going to call oh, he's, in. He's going to? Nice. Yeah. We're, we're mm-hmm. going to call him real quick. So we are going to bounce out for two seconds. We'll bounce back in. Hey, what's up? I lied. We're going to take Facebook questions instead of getting <laughs> Shad on. Um, professional operation we have here. Um, but no, we forgot about the facebook questions and i was like oh shit we got to cover some of this stuff um so i'm just going to jump through these questions some of them are kind of funny um some are real serious uh chris J asked can we have lord chandler bless bows at the shoot and i said that's where i said um yep we can absolutely do that you just have to make donations through the church of chandler so I like the donation part. The donations is good, right? <laughs> Maybe I'll rub my mustache on it too. <laughs> yeah. You do that and, and he plucks a Doug mustache oh, hair God. and puts it on your cam. I'll just start saving them. You better go put them in a baggie. That's weird. <laughs> um, which is great. Um, Jacob Miner says, congratulations. Welcome to the trad fam. It's nice here. Um, we kind of covered some of this Dominic sheets. He, he wanted to know what made you decide to go after one with a trad bow. And how did he get into it and figure out what bow to get? We kind of covered that a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Yep. Feel free to elaborate if you think. Uh, I Yeah, as far as uh, what bow to get, there's so many good brands out there, and I know nothing about hardly any of them. Uh, I, I narrowed it down to a few, and I knew that that Stalker was a nice brand, so I uh, took a chance on it, and I'm, yeah, I'm not getting rid of it. I love it. There you go. Um, well, you can't get rid of it now. Andy Crone apparently is our homeboy, Doug, because he said, wheels are for cars. <laughs> wheels are for cars. Um, so, Chris J., another question here. Guessing he started to have some target panic issues. Uh, can we get Austin a back tension? Happens to everyone. That's what made me get over my, my bout with it. He's a good shot. We all know that. No shame in the trad game, though. It's working for him. Yeah, I, I do deal with some target panic issues. Uh I had that I had that bad experience on that bear hunt this year, which wasn't re- it wasn't due to target panic issues. That was just more of a, a poor shot placement on my part, uh, which is just part of the game. But uh, no, I mean I don't know. Maybe that was some of the reason why I picked up the traditional bow, just to kind of breathe some fresh air and try something different. But mm-hmm. um, I have noticed that now when I pick up the compound and shoot, it has dramatically uh helped me when it comes to target panic and aiming and focusing and everything for whatever reason i think maybe just taking a break from from shooting it has helped me so yeah 
but as far as the back tension goes, I've shot a hex for years, and I punch that thing just as bad as That's I do. That's crazy to me because I, I shoot the hex too. <laughs> I punch through that. It's got like that double click. Mm-hmm. I don't get the double click. I get one click. Make it long. <laughs> Make it a long pole. <laughs> yeah, I should. <laughs> just but i've learned how to adapt like i've just i'm not a bad shot and i punch no, you're not. i'm just i uh i've it's learned in your own to... head you know how bad it is in your own head yep um cool uh next one zach foster um shout out to zach he's a local guy and a big supporter and it's weird it's sad to say but it's weird to have local people back you 100 percent just because they're weird i don't know what it is jealous type thing a lot of haters out there hate is gonna hate but zach does not hate so thank you sir man you are a true friend and uh, we definitely appreciate the support um he says this is not a traditional question but just a good dear question how does he capitalize on bucks once the rut is over besides the answer food 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 somewhere outside the box if you don't have huge food sources to hunt well i hate to tell you but it's food like (laughs) um and and now now listen Late season is all about food. That's the only thing that matters. Um, just because you don't have a large food plot doesn't mean you can't capitalize on deer coming to food. Deer have to feed. Doesn't matter if it's browse, acorns, um, locust, black locust, or honey locust pods coming out of the trees. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever it is, those deer have to feed, and food is everything in late season. So if you're talking about strictly getting on deer in late season, yeah, food is the only thing you need to pay attention to. Love the answer. Thanks, Zach. Um, we need to get him in here, actually, for a podcast. That'd be fun. Dana Pace, what's the hardest obstacle you've had to overcome learning to shoot your longbow? Well, just the fact that you don't have a real uh, guide to aim with like you do. I mean, I've shot a compound for years. You have this. You have the peep sight you look through. You have the mm-hmm. pen to line up on. It's just... It's a totally different ball game, and Dana knows this because he's jumped on the he jumped on the train the same time I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so difficult uh, when you're trying to learn the purely instinctive method. It's just so you have to shoot thousands and thousands and thousands of arrows to even get a feel for what that arrow is going to do. And I I haven't shot enough to to even begin to get a grasp on it, but I have a feeling by next year I will I'll, I'll have a better grasp on it. So. Um. Yeah, just making that arrow go where you want it to go, I guess, is the biggest obstacle for <laughs> <Yeah>. me. <laughs> um, Scott Clark asked what your arrow weight and setup was. We kind of covered that a little bit. Yep. Yeah, we covered um, that. Yep. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate your support. He's been a supporter for the whole time, really. Yep. Um, Cade Stewart, also a big shout-out to you, brother. He's a big supporter. Man, everybody in here is our ride or die, so I, we definitely appreciate it all. Austin, now what? Is there any other goals you have to harvest a whitetail? I haven't hit 200 yet. What about what about you know take out score like choice of weapon an adalat adalatl whatever they call it like a velvet yeah, I've never considered that but blow dart I, I want to shoot another arrow I want to shoot another good one with the longbow but I want it to be like a solid fifties like a true giant whitetail like That's, net fifties if, gro- if it grosses 50s like a, like a deer that i would mm-hmm. shoot with my compound that's the that's the yeah. kind of deer that i want to kill that's a for fishing growth growth scores count yep mm-hmm. um this is a good question keller george shout out to you again brother do you have any stands or blinds the only way to access is through the food source if so what is your plan of attack to enter them i read this question earlier today it's funny he he uh put that one in there because this uh this stand that i went to to kill this deer out of i have to walk through my big time plot to get to it oh yeah so i have to walk directly through my big time plot to get to roger's stand 
Um, that's why I don't hunt it very often. I don't like blowing deer out of my plot and I don't hunt Roger stand in the evening. So I don't have, I don't do it very often. I don't have to come back through that big time plot in the evenings when there are deer in it. Right. Most of the time in the morning I can skate in there without, uh, bumping a whole lot. So when you go through the plot, this might be a dumb question. I'm curious. Are you walking the edges where deer typically walk? You walk through the middle? I just walk right through the middle of it. It's probably safer, right? I don't know if it is or it isn't. It's just where the path of least resistance at, so that's the path it I work. So. so I went and checked some cameras at our lease in our big-time plot, and here's my thought in my head. I walked through the center of it because I figured deer are more than likely to browse the edges because they're just fringy type yeah. animals. Yeah, especially when they approach the plot. They're spending more time on the, the perimeter of it. Yeah. Uh, they'd be more likely to pick you up there than they would just traipsing through the middle of it. So maybe yeah. bad. Maybe it's bad, but that's my thought. Yeah. Um, this is a good question. Bailey Clark, if there's one thing you could go back to, let's say your 20-year-old self or even 12 to 15-year-old self, and give yourself one piece of advice on how to get to that next step of bow hunting, what would it be? When I really woke up to the fact that I could do this and be consistent on killing big deer every year, it was right around 2009 when I just started really paying a lot of, I I started spending more time in the tree. Mm -hmm. And I just realized that if I dedicated my fall to deer hunting, I could kill a couple good bucks. Yeah. Um, I guess if I could go back and gain five or 10 years on that, I'd probably have five or 10 more deer on the wall. Yeah. Um, if you're persistent double that. <laughs> and, and a lot of people just can't afford to do that. Like people can't take off work or whatever. And I, I sympathize with that, but I'm not that way. Like I have the luxury of being able to hunt a lot. So mm-hmm. the only way, the only thing that I would go back and change would just be to spend more hours, um, and get get to the point where I was at faster than 2009. I could have been there by 2005. Yeah, mine would probably be uh, don't be a pussy and go in there. Get more aggressive. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Quit, well, mine would be, and I kind of like guilt myself. Like I just know people like make so many excuses not to go. Like they've already talked themselves out of yeah, not going. When you're young too. And then when they ask their buddies, it's windy. Yep, go. It's November. You should be out there. Big if you deer, can, why Big not? deer die in the wind. Big deer die in the rain. Yep. Yeah, just, yeah, just go. Get yeah. out there. Don't party so much. Yeah, hey, still, you can party. Just You just have to get your ass up in the morning. Yeah, well, <laughs> had a lot when of... you're still up. A lot of mornings <laughs> like that. When I was probably not 21. Um, nah, whoa, whoa. Hey. <laughs> it's in the past. Didn't I bring that up? <laughs> Thought we were having a good time here. <laughs> <laughs> Thought we were having a good time. Um, Chris asked, best post-rut tactics asking for a friend may need to be hunting then (laughs) (laughs) well like i said post-rut i think of uh i think a late season and i think of food it's it's uh mark drury said it best the deer are slaves to their stomach when it gets cold enough they got to go to that food um i'm in and there are some factors that play in like uh the second rut and even the third rut (laughs) (laughs) i'm looking at this gift over (laughs) You uh, you do have some some young does that will come in to heat and get bred clear up into February actually. So always keep an eye on that cycle, that thirty day cycle. You know, at the beginning of November, the beginning of December, or the beginning of January, you will see flurries of rut like activity during those times. So uh, keep that in mind when it comes to where the does are bedding and where the bucks are going to be looking for the does. But um, it just gets easy in the late season. The does got to eat, and the bucks are going to go where the does are at, and mm-hmm. the bucks are going to be looking to put on some calories after the rut. So yeah. food's everything. 
Um, here's another question from Brennan Jensen, our fifth gay listener. Um, yes, hello. Hi, long-time listener and big fan. I have a question for Austin. On a scale of one to real freaky naughty, how naughty is he? Real freaking naughty. <laughs> real freaking naughty. <laughs> oh, so stupid. Um, David, we already got that one. Here's a good one. Chris J., when are the holla holla shirts, holla 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 shirts coming out? The spring collection. Oh, spring collection. And I said, stay tuned, my friend. Stay holla, tuned. Holla holla holla. holla. Maybe, holla, uh, holla, thanks, holla, holla, maybe holla, a Thanksgiving holla, holla, edition. Let me holla at you. Yeah. Let me holla at you. Let me holla, holla. Holla, holla, holla. <laughs> that man is a legend. Um, with Zach Jacoby, uh, which by the way, I call my brother-in-law Jake Jacoby just because I find it funny. Um, is Austin shooting instinctive or with a point of reference? We kind of talked about that. Yeah, we talked about that. More of a more of a split vision style now, but started instinctive this summer and then kind of morphed into a split split vision style of shooting. For sure. That's a great picture. Well, cool. Thanks, everyone, for submitting questions. Um, that was the Facebook side of things. We, sh- we, we would jump to Instagram, but we're kind of like timed out here. But yep. uh, let's get Shad on and chat for a bit, and cool. then hope you guys enjoy. Thanks for sticking around. Okay. Shad is here now, finally. I lied to you guys earlier, but he is here. What's up, dude? How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you doing? I, you know, unwinding after a long day at work. So That's right. That's right. Well, hey, first typical, of all. Typical wage brain, you know, working through class. the week kind of deal. Well, that's what I was getting to. I just want to say thanks for all of the support, man, and tags and stuff like that. And you've been pretty ride or die since we've got to know you, and it, it's much appreci- appreciated. Yeah, I support the things I care about, man. You guys are doing good work, so. Thank you, that's, thank you. That's what how it goes. And we talked about you earlier in the episode a little bit, um, kind of your influence on people in general with, like, your passion for archery, um, you know, more specifically traditional archery. Um, we talked about at last year's bow shoot how, you know, people are looking at these bows that you brought to the shoot, and they're these beautiful works of art, and people just feel like they can't touch them, and you're the first person to go up and be like, go fling some arrows, just do it. Like, you're not going to hurt them, go shoot, go shoot them, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man, that, that's how it was brought to me. So I just try to keep doing that same thing. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about, I mean, Chandler, I guess you can dive into this, and then Shad, you can kind of continue on it. But, like, Shad's influence kind of on the working class crew from the traditional side of things, you know? Yeah. Uh, Shad, what's up, my guy? <laughs> my guy. How you doing, man? Congratulations. Hey, man. You hey. you are you're having an epic season and I, I thoroughly enjoy watching it from the sidelines. Well, I appreciate it, man. I can't wait for you to get to see the video of it. I think you'll, uh, you'll thoroughly enjoy that, but, uh, no, I owe it all to you, man. Well, I owe a big part of it to you because you really did, uh, the last couple of years watching you shoot traditional equipment at the shoots just, uh, was really inspiring for me just to see your passion and, uh, it's something that I've wanted to do for a long time, and after watching you do it, it just kind of sparked that again for me. So thank you for that. Ah, no problem, man. I'm 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 glad it did it because you know it's uh it's a lot of fun. It's a it's a it's a lot of fun. It is a I, lot. Of I, fun. I, I can't I can't put it any better than that. I just it's just a lot of. It's just a lot of fun. It's a weird feeling after carrying a heavy compound into the woods for 20 years, and then you walk in with this this little flimsy thing. You're like, I can't believe I'm going to try to kill something with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, a lot of things have died from a stick and string. So yeah, it seems uh, like it seems the compound like, hasn't been around a whole long time. It's, yep. it's an it's an effective weapon. Don't it, get me wrong. It but, is. Uh, yep. It's uh. Yeah, I don't remember where I was going with that, but it's just it's a, they're they're a blast to shoot. They're a lot of fun. Well, Shad, I think you know 
people heard us talking about you being at the shoot and kind of be like, hey, just try it. Open arms. Like, go for it. Um, the shoot this year, I'm hoping it's bigger and better and just more involved. And I know you'll be there with all your bows. Um, maybe what I, we I do. I'm bringing them all, but I'll, I'll bring I'll bring a nice brace of them for people. Well, I'm gonna bring some lightweight bows this year too, so that way, like anybody can. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess can shoot. I guess I forgot how many bows you have. You can't bring all of them, but like, <laughs> no. well enough of a selection. But maybe like we set something up at the range where you're sitting there at the table, just like the friendly tattooed traditional guy. You know. <laughs> I don't know how much I'll sit there. I'll probably just have a sign that says "Go shoot my bows" and have fun. But <laughs> instead of "Go shoot your bows," "Go shoot my bows." Go shoot, go my, shoot bows. my bows. <laughs> go shoot Chad's bows. Throwing bags of big time at people and shooting. Yeah. Um, but- I, I don't. I don't do stationary well, man. I don't. I, I like to walk around and mingle and stuff. So it's it's really hard for me to stay stuck behind anything. Yeah, man, you're a, you're a personality for sure, but and but that but, I mean that's a good thing. I didn't mean to sound that in like any way negative if it did, but you know, it's just funny. You're you're passionate. You're a passionate individual, man, and like yeah. it's it's hard not to pick up a little passion off you when you're yeah. you're vibing with people. I mean, right obviously away. kind of the impact that you had with Chandler with the traditional game, but I mean, if someone wants to dive in, I guess I don't really know where to go. Like if someone wants to dive in with traditional archery like just pick it up and go or like what's what's a what's a couple tips that you have from from my standpoint yeah yeah as i stutter uh, over my bush yeah. light breath jesus I, christ i mean <laughs> it is what it is. if if you have oops i don't really have any tips other than just like if you have the desire to try it just try it it's and and not worry about if you're coming from the you know if you've never shot one you're coming from a compound world um don't worry about shooting tin rings Worry about having fun and enjoying form and shooting close. And, you know, it doesn't matter if you can't hit a target at 40 yards. If you can hit it at five yards consistently, you can get to where you can shoot farther and to just have fun. I mean, I, I, I seriously think that bow hunting and archery in general has, has taken this weird competitive turn and, um, it, it it's it's just so fun if you get away from all of that stuff, right? And yeah. that's the best advice I can give anybody. If you just want to try it, man, just just try it. There's there's a lot more traditional bow hunters out there than what people think, and a good chunk of them aren't much different than I am. Like they want to see people have fun. They're willing to like take their time and and help people out. And you know it's 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 kind of a lost art. And if you we don't pass it on and, and share that love, then it dies. Yeah. So to me, you know. it's the, it's the truest uh, form of bow hunting. I mean, if you're, uh, you considered yourself a well-rounded archer and you've never done it, I I'd recommend that you give it a try. It's just something really primal and, and uh, raw about it. It's, it's a blast. When you, when you take a lot of technology out of things and you break it down to its simplest form, it's, it changes the game. Yeah. And to do like what, you know, what, what Austin did, which was, you know, Austin's good at killing big deer. He has a room that states that <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a mystery to him. But when you go and you take that same knowledge and you, I, I don't want to say handicap yourself because I don't believe it's a handicap, but to where you have to take what you know and, and be better at it. Yeah, um, yeah. You just have to get a little closer, be a little more yeah. consistent. Can uh, you know, pay attention to form a little bit more in the moment of truth. There's, there's definitely a lot more that goes into 
uh, harvesting a deer with traditional equipment than with a compound. You you think about shot angles. You think about how to set up on the trail different. I mean, there's yeah, there it's a it's a science for sure. And the funny thing about what you just said, that's what I have to think about every time I take a compound out because it's so foreign to me. Yeah. <laughs> I have to think about all those things. Or shooting, shooting traditional is just—I just don't think about the stuff. It's just like it's—it's it's natural. It's what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So, but that's why I started shooting a compound because it's not for me. Shooting a compound is not easy, and I don't do well without a challenge. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that was one of the whole reasons I started to do it. I feel like you just like archery in general, though, man. Because I've shot with you. I do. Like, you like you go from recurve. The next time I look, I turn around. I just do a quick spin. You got your compound, and then you're back to your recurve, and then you're you got somebody else shooting the recurve, and then you're back with your compound. So it, it is change cool. it up, keep it spicy. Yeah, keep it spicy. <laughs> Why is it spicy? <laughs> I, I I do love archery, man. I love I love all aspects of it, and it's uh. It's been a pivotal part of my life since I was five years old. So that's, I mean, you know, 40 years of, of this stuff. That's not a, that's not a fad. That's not a fluke. I mean, it's, it's literally part of my, if I'm not shooting archery, I don't feel like I'm breathing. It's much like if I don't play music or if, if I, if I'm not pushing myself physically in some manner, like it's just, it's something that I have to do in order to feel alive. Yeah, no, so, I get that. And here you see the passion that Shad uh, puts out. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's you can hear it through the podcast. I mean, he's for just sure. a extremely passionate individual, and it rubs off. Yeah, definitely. Well, let me ask you this question. I know this question doesn't have a legit answer, or maybe it does. Maybe it does. Um, if you had to give up archery or music, what would it be? Music. Oh, all right, <laughs> easy enough. I thought that. I thought yeah, that's the well, answer. Well, because the the thing is, is that music never stops in my head. Like whenever I have to write a song or whatever, it's just because I'm trying to get something that's out of my, you know, get it out of my head. Um, it's there. Like I can stop playing instruments, but the music's still there. I cannot stop shooting archery. God I damn, can't even that. even I broke my wrist um, when I was thirty. Let me think. How old? Shit, no, I wasn't. I was 20, 28 years old. I broke my wrist at the skate park. And I couldn't shoot a bow for almost a year and a half because of that. And that was the longest year and a half that I can remember. And the day that I finally was able to draw a 40-pound recurve back again and shoot, I, it, I mean, I couldn't even hit the target because my wrist was so weak. But it was just something about it was, you know, it was like my life was back. Right. <laughs> so that had to have been miserable, man. I uh, I don't know what that level of commitment was, like to be, not be able to do your thing. But I broke my collarbone BMX riding, and yeah. I couldn't ride. I couldn't, like, you couldn't do shit with a broken collarbone, especially BMX when you're pulling yeah. up. And I was, like, yeah. devastated for I don't know how long, just miserable. Like, even if you tried it, you'd be like, oh. I remember trying to ride when yeah. I was, like, not ready to ride and, like, pulling up and feeling, Ugh. like, that ache and just being so bummed. But I can't imagine now, especially, like, my passion for hunting. I can imagine if I wasn't tagged out and someone's like, hey, you're not hunting in November, I would be a mental mess. Yeah, you, it's hard to look out the window and just think, man, I'm not in a tree right now. What the hell am I doing in this house? <laughs> I saw a two-year-old chase a doe over the road that I live on earlier today, and I felt I felt sad. 
I, I, uh, like I, I, I bring this up a lot. I watched a spike chase a doe this morning on my way to work at, you know, it was like 20 after five this morning and I've got ridiculously excited. I'm, I'm not even going hunting. I'm going to work, but to just have that spike run across the road in front of me chasing a doe, like that's, I, I live for that stuff, man. I love, I love this time of year. Like I don't, time of year. I, I, think we I all just do. love it. Yep. I think we need to make Shad a spike shirt. <laughs> Spike lives matter. Spike lives matter. That's right. I told Joe I was going to start a division of big time called small time. So. <laughs> I don't know if it'd do so well. No, Spike it wouldn't. Time. But you know, I've got to fuck Joe. I got to do it. Fuck Joe. Hashtag fuck somehow. Like it's marketed to guys who don't care about inches but just want to shoot deer with a full belly. It's just like literally junk food for deer. <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's it's just donuts and and candy like corn for deer, deer. <laughs> yeah, candy corn in a bag. Yeah, mm-hmm. candy. Yeah, that's all it is. It's like hmm, I don't know how that's going to work, but it's funny. Well, that's cool, man. Well, I, I wanted to get you on for this, like just this little segment of influence uh, for Chandler's, Chandler's success story. Um, what I think you actually texted me about doing this when you shot your doe. Oh, cool. Yeah, and, and you yeah. hadn't even shot the buck yet. Yep. Yeah, I'm, dude, I'm like, I'm so proud of, of (laughs) Chandler. Not because I didn't think that he didn't have the ability to do this, because I think any of you guys sitting at that table, anybody that's affiliated with WCB, anybody who shoots a bow has the ability to do this. But it's very, very hard to say I'm sticking with it when you have deer that you know you can kill. Like it's, it's, it's a different mindset and I love people who are driven and dedicated and have a goal and do not waver from it. So to see Chandler go, this is what the fuck I'm doing this year or for who knows however many years, but right now this is what I'm doing. I'm having fun with this. This is what I wanted to do. This is what I'm doing. And then see that through, man, that's, that shit is everything to me. Like I live for things like that. Yeah. So it's, I mean, when, when he killed that doe, I was just as proud of him. I probably like, I, I, you know, big bucks are really, really cool, but big bucks aren't really my thing. I love to get close to them. I love to figure them out. I love to play that game of chess with them, but it's not my thing. The how and the why is my thing. And, you know, Chandler just embodied the how and the why. In a fucking month and a half. <laughs> like, a week, essentially. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, you know, like since October one, yeah, yeah. He's you know, he he's he he did it and it it takes people usually a lot longer to do that. And uh that shows what kind of a what kind of woodsman he is, for one. And it's just his drive and dedication. So For sure. Appreciate that, man. Yeah. I it's I I mean every word of it. And and honestly, to get within ten yards of a mature doe with a sixty-two inch bow, it's a damn near impossible. And make a shot. It's it's not it's not easy. I mean, I've I've been doing it a long time. It's not you know when people say, "Hey, I'm gonna go try to shoot a doe with this." No, I always try to correct them. Like, why don't you go try to shoot a year and a half old buck? 
<laughs> because it's a hell of a lot easier to do that yeah. than to, get, in, to the, get within 10 to 15 yards of a doe. The frustrating part for me, I could get close enough to the does, but you have to have that right angle. Like you want, I mean, broad, yeah. broadside's acceptable, but quartering away is what you really want. And then to have them be unsuspecting, like to not pick up your scent, to not pick up your trail, to not know you're there. That's, yeah, you're moving you know, because the bow is slower. You know, I'm only shooting 43 pounds with a heavy arrow. Um, they have time to react to that shot, and that's what happened on a, a, my first couple of does was they had time to react to the shot, and I got flesh wounds on them. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's tough to get an old, mature, unsuspecting doe at 10 yards, and, man, when it happened, it was a blast. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a cool thing, and I've had, them, I've had their chest stump the ground, you know, from a buck chasing them and, and shoot at them from 10 or 12 yards and – my long, you know, they don't make a lot of noise, but they're so keyed up anyways. They don't know you're there, but they just hear that noise and their chest will thump the ground just trying to bolt away. Yep. And the arrow is a foot over them. Yep. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're not, they're not the easiest things. And that's, that's a, that's a big accomplishment, man. Like I don't give a shit what anybody says. You can have 160 inches of horn on that head, but shooting a mature doe at 10 yards with a longbow, my hat's off. Every time, I'll, 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 I'll salute you to that one. Every time. Well, it goes That's back to the old saying: if you can kill, worthy. if you can kill mature, mature doe, white-tailed doe with a bow, you can kill anything with a bow. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And if you do it, you know, you get inside that fifteen-yard range where they just, you know, they can, they can sense when your nut itches. That's <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, so we just had our buddy Sean Polk. He's also from uh, Team Working Class. Yeah, uh, I met him. Yeah, awesome guy. He, uh, yeah. yeah, you met him at the shoot. He yeah. he's hunted a lot of stuff with this old man, like e- everything pretty much. Like, and he comes back and he's looking. He's looking at the the mounts I have on my wall. Like, he's not even at Chandler's house, and he's like, "Dude, the the room full of whitetails." He goes, "I'd trade all my crazy animals to have a room full of whitetails like this." You're downplaying your room too, though. You've got an impressive wall. Like, I, you've got a really you you've got a really impressive wall. I appreciate that. I, I know, but I'm, I try to surround myself around people like you and like Doug and like guys that have, I mean, we all have impressive walls, Yep. but, and I know that I'm thankful for what I got, but I'm, I surround myself with people who got bigger walls to <laughs> chase goals. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just people who influence you in different ways, you know, that are also good yeah. dudes. It works out. And that's not always like, but if you have small deer, I'm not going to be friends with you. I'm just kidding. But you kind of get, you kind of get what I'm. You would, you would nice talk to me because I pass up more big deer than I ever kill. <laughs> but I'm kidding, obviously. But um, I lost where I was going with that. Uh, but yeah, he said, uh, Sean, about I'd rather have a room full of whitetails like this over all like the crazy exotic stuff I have. And I thought that was really interesting. I'm, I'm like, why? He goes, whitetails are just the hardest to hunt. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, out of all the shit you've hunted, you think whitetails are the hardest? He's like, yeah. I, I never, I didn't hear him say that. I, he when they stayed here for the week, he's like, they're just dialed. And I don't remember exactly, but basically, he's getting is like they're just they're dialed in on what's going on around. They are them. skittish, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, oh, interesting. I guess I never. Really, I've thought of that. I, I guess that if, but when we grow up hunting those, like that's what we hunt, right? We don't look at it in that same manner. We don't have a whole lot of things to compare it to. Yeah. Now, if you're hunting, if you're used to hunting bears or something like that, then you come hunt white tails and you have like, wow, these things are a different, a different breed. But yeah, I, I can see what he's saying, but you know, we, we don't see that because it's hard to wrap our heads. That's how we do. Right. Exactly. So God, yingling is so terrible. Once it gets a little warm, 
Oh, dude. I'm, I'm digging <laughs> it. I've never drank it before. I'm loving it. The bottom of the barrel, not good. It's all right. How, how'd that Blanton's treat you, Chandler? It was the best bourbon I've ever tasted in my life. Okay. <laughs> well, because of the event or because of the bourbon? I think it was a combination of the two. <laughs> I had good friends. I had good friends with me, and I was celebrating a, a goal that I didn't know if I'd ever reach. And uh, yeah, had one of my hunters buy that bottle for me as a gift this year, uh, which was really generous. And uh, kind of a tip, huh? Yeah, I got. I I just been eyeballing that bottle for the last two weeks, thinking, man, I, I don't want to have to let that sit there for a year. I want a reason to open <laughs> that thing. I'm glad it happened earlier than later. <laughs> Hey, if I call you, I have to open it again. It's half gone, so I got one more buck oh, sh- left in it. Smokes. I can't Never mind two, that I killed two bucks. Drink some Blanton's. Bring it. <laughs> hey, drink, your, drink your quick water. Bring it on. Have your quick water, you slum. <laughs> slum American. <laughs> hey, that's fine. I like creek water. But cool, Shad, thanks for jumping on, man, like kind of last second and after yeah, work thanks, and Chad. all that. You're, uh, yeah, no problem, man. I'm, I'm, I'm honored to be on this, like, just to uh just to tell the man congratulations like for everybody to hear because i i i thoroughly mean that and you know you guys will get to hear joe bitch at me soon enough whenever i don't shoot the deer that he wants me to shoot (laughs) and uh didn't you already pass one up i've passed a bunch of them up but no there's there kurt saw this picture there's a, a an exceptional buck uh on one of the properties that i hunt and joe is very adamant that that's the deer I chase, and I'm very adamant that I don't want to drag that bastard out of the woods. So um, I volunteered my uh, Indiana tag for him. Set <laughs> <laughs> that weird laughter. He's like, "Yeah, fuck you." <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't. I really wouldn't care. I mean, uh, if if I had the opportunity, it'd have to be the perfect opportunity for me to to draw a string to cheek on that deer because it's just it's neat. But I would rather just see how close I can get to him and watch him walk away knowing that I won the chess match than I would to kill it. It's I'm a weird guy with that shit. That is I've, weird. It's fun, I've it's probably fun to beat filmed him. and taken pictures of more big deer and passed up more big deer to shoot a smaller deer than most bowhunters. And I don't know why. I don't know why I'm wired that way, but that's that's just how I am. It but is. I love to help other people get them. I like, I love putting people on them and it's interesting I mean, as shit. I don't know if I've ever talked to somebody that has that kind of like look on it. I don't let big scoring deer get away, but I like a lower scoring <laughs> deer with my compound. It's gratifying yeah. to pass that deer three or four times in a season. Be like, bitch, I didn't, I didn't beat you once. I beat you three or four times. <laughs> yeah, you're so yeah. fucked. You are so. <laughs> you're, fucked. you're playing checkers. I'm playing chess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something there's something gratifying about that. Being able to pass an old mature deer multiple times. There really is, and uh, I mean, there was there was a deer that for the last few years, and I and I I don't know why I became very obsessed with it, and uh, I spent all of last year trying to get him, um, and that's just not what that's not really what I do, but for, that was my goal for the year. I was like, I'm shooting, I'm going to shoot this one, or I'm shooting nothing. And, uh, that's kind of how, how it went last year. And it was a really weird season for me because it's, I would pass, I passed up things that, you know, I, it's, when a deer comes in, if I'm going to shoot it, it's never like a predetermined thing. It's, it comes in and there's something about the universe or whatever the hell the, 
the moon, the stars are alive, whatever it is, something says that's the one. Yep. And that's when I decided it is. And it's never based on antler size. It's never based on body size. It's just like that moment, that feeling, that's the one. Leah, and, Leah asked me the same thing. I, I kept telling her about all these 120 type deer I was passing. She's like, what are you waiting on? What like what, When are you going to do this? I said, I'll let you know when he comes in. <laughs> yep. You just, yep. And it's, you just it's, know. Yeah, it's in... in you know, I like weird, I like deer with weird care. It doesn't even matter how old they are. Like I like, there was this, this one, I was texting Joe during this. I was with my wife and we have this weird spike come in. It has a, like probably a 11 inch spike on one side and on his right side is just like a base with this ball of shit coming out of it. And uh, he's got like a horn coming out the side of his head with it. And, and my wife talked me out of it. And then so like I text Joe and I was like, I got this, you know, deer right here. And he's just feeding out in front of us at like 15 yards for, I don't know, a good five to seven minutes. And Joe's like, after he knows, you know, what's back, he's like, don't fucking shoot it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, you never let me kill anything, Joe. You never uh, let me do anything I want, Joe. <laughs> no. You suck. Fuck Joe. It's all about Joe. Joe Umphrey's from Big Time, by the way. Like we're <laughs> Yeah. That's where we're ever to. That's how see, I don't, I don't think people believe us when I say we're friends with our partners. Yeah. You know? We we drink with them. Yeah. Like they uh, A lot. We we're stopping them from doing dumber stuff than we would do, you know? <laughs> and that Man, says a lot. <laughs> they didn't bully us. I don't know if you guys could even comprehend the amount of dumb shit that Joe and I have got ourselves into over the years. It's not really ready for prime time. I, I, I don't think some, you want to air that kind of stuff, but it's great right around time. a campfire. Or reverse this as the dumb shit Joe has got me to do. <laughs> I could believe that. Yeah. Um, you know, and I didn't know it was coming. Came came out of left field. But, uh, story for more pod, different podcasts, more podcasts. <laughs> we right. love you, That's Joe. Right. We love you, Joe. I, mean, I do. Pretty good dude. Joe, you're the man. He is. Yeah, fuck him. Yeah, but yeah, yeah fuck, but him. Him. <laughs> but, but fuck you. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Shad. You got anything to close out with, brother? Yeah, man. Uh, I I just want to say that I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you're doing, and uh, keep up the good work, Chandler. I uh, I think Mr. Dana Pace is uh, he's going to be doing the same thing, hopefully, very soon. He's up next. Um, he's he's he sent me a picture one day, man. He had a uh, he had a smaller buck. Uh, within range, he sent me a picture of the of the broadhead pointed straight at it, and I was like, "Send it." And he's like, "Not big enough." <laughs> and I was like, "The old man that's in that bow, he would have sent it without thought." <laughs> yeah, he'll kill like, it. He'll kill a good one with it. That'll be a really meaningful deer for him. That's yeah. very cool. Dan is a good dude. He needs to come around yeah. more. For yeah. Sure. So it's uh, there's a that's lot of people, needs. man. There's a lot of WCB guys that's that's hit me up and. They're they're trying to do it with traditional this year, and I'm I'm fucking stoked for it, man. I'm 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 down for anybody who challenges himself in any manner. So that's awesome. But yeah, man. I appreciate you guys. Uh, congratulations again, Austin. We will. Uh, I'll hopefully see you guys. I'll see Kurt really soon, but hopefully I'll see the rest of you guys soon. Cause, Hell yeah, yeah. We'll couple days, happen. couple days. Love you, brother. Thanks for the inspiration, Doug. You got anything nope. to close out with? Uh, good luck what? to everybody still hunting, and uh, you be in the woods right now. So that's what I'll be doing. Sorry, Shad, did you have anything you wanted to close out with quick? Or are you good? No, man. I'm good. Thanks for giving me a call. Yeah, thank you, man. Chandler, are you good? I'm good. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. And thank you so much. Good luck out there. The time is now. Don't make excuses. If you're thinking about not going when you can go, 
go. Your tag needs to be filled. You got this. We believe in you. The luck hey, of the podcast over, is with just you. Just go. Don't let bush light <laughs> prevent you from hunting deer. It's not that important. You know what to do. Go shoot your bow. We love you. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life.